Some movies are highbrow, some movies are lowbrow. Welcome to Highbrow Lowbrow. I'm Josh Kirschenbaum. I'm Cooper Gagan. Each week we pick a topic and talk about two movies that fit that topic. One highbrow, one lowbrow. This week we're talking about multiverses. Yeah, or alternate universes, parallel dimensions. I was like looking at the Wikipedia page for it, and there's many different terms for this. Right. I think weirdly the uh, um, you know before we riff off. Okay, hold on. I got to I got to do the bit. Okay, on the highbrow side we got everything everywhere all at once. On the lowbrow side we have uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I believe Enter is the one coming out next year. And to my left we have my cousin Danny Marshall, who is dained and dated enough to enjoy us. What, what the fuck am I saying? Dained to stoop to her level. I'm trying to do a whole. This is bit. what happens when you skip rehearsal. This is what happens when you wake up early to watch someone else's cat. Uh, Danny, you're allowed to talk now. Thank you for oh, coming on the you. show. So, <laughs> thank, you. thank you, Josh. Thank you, Cooper, for having me. It's an honor to be on Highbrow Lowbrow. Uh, Danny is uh, in this year, uh, 2023, very funny. I'm <laughs> yeah, prepared to admit started. that now. Just, just started. <laughs> Uh, I think there was, you know, I mean, it took you, I mean, when you were six or seven, I think we had some disagreement about that. But. Yes, yes, yes. There was a few um, throwings of the body into the pool. There was, a <laughs> few, <laughs> there was a few arguments, but I think we've come to agreement there. Pretty clear. Yeah. And Danny, you have your own podcast, which I, we'd like you to go ahead and pimp at the front of the show. Yeah, I do. Um, I am a creator. Oh, oh, my brother's calling me. <laughs> oh, my, my, also my cousin. <laughs> oh, no, he's getting ignored. Um, Sorry, Neil. <laughs> I told him I was recording. <laughs> um, yes, I am a uh, one of the panelists and a co-creator of the uh, podcast called Bullshit Alert. Uh you can follow us at Bullshit Alert. There is no I in bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a storytelling uh, panel game show podcast where we bring on funny people to tell funny stories, and we have to guess uh, if we're telling the truth or lying. And um, yeah, started as a show at the uh, Second City Theater in Chicago uh, way back when, and has been a, a an ongoing podcast since. It's awesome. Yeah, I've listened to a few episodes. It's very funny. Yeah. Uh, here's my my big brain uh, segue here. Okay. You've got a show. Uh-huh. It's about a bunch of stuff that sometimes happened, but sometimes didn't happen. Uh-huh. Here are two movies. Oh yeah, about a bunch of stuff that only happened like in alternate universes, so like also kind of didn't happen. Okay, you know, it's all about like kind of like what could have happened. Yeah, what the theme of these movies. Yeah, I'm there. That was great. I'm, okay, that's a good segue. Right? That was a great segue. Yeah. So talking about segues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever happened to segues? What? What? Like segways, the things you ride. Oh, the oh, you see like the tours every once. God damn it, that was the dumbest segue <laughs> in the world. I, uh, you see the tours every once in a while. I don't know. I don't. Not here. Not in L.A. Not in my neighborhood. In like, I feel like on like around the beach, maybe a little bit. That's true. You're you're a big beach guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he, so you've got like a way different. Are there segways in the beach? Not on the beach. No, yeah, maybe, I was gonna maybe, say that like, seems with, like with the big. Ass, they're just stuck. <laughs> <laughs> they just drive right into there. It's all it's just Paul Bart's as far as the eye can see. Paul Blart, Paul Blart. Have you guys Blart. ever ridden a Segway? I've not. I don't even think I've like, seen a Segway. Like, no, you've, you've seen a Segway. You've seen a Segway. I can't think of one. Yeah, but I'm sure you've seen it. <laughs> uh, I've ridden one of those. Remember those hoverboards when they were really popular for a while? The ones that caught on fire? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah I rode, rode one of those on set one time because some guy oh, just cool. had it. Nice. And it was quite fun. Yeah. I did a Segway tour Um with, See, they exist, Josh. But like I'm on, not a tro- don't exist. on a vacation, like on a tropical island, and and I think it was with either my brother or a friend of mine, and uh, it was a learning curve. 
Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but once we did it, uh, it was the best 25 minutes I've yeah. ever spent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Glowing <laughs> Best review. 25 minutes. <laughs> but like, you're sorry, just... sorry. Best 25 minutes I've spent on a powered vehicle alone in some weird tropical place. All right, that's less of a glowing recommendation. But, but it's, it's worth trying. It's worth trying. It. It's worth <laughs> trying. Oh, yeah, I am constantly on mopeds in, okay. in, in the Southern Caribbean. <laughs> that's okay. like, that's his day job. <laughs> <laughs> Pays well. Uh, we're talking about multiverses. Yeah. Uh, the And you were mentioning earlier, you know, like, could be other titles, alternate realities, things like that. I think there was like, because... Everything Everywhere All at Once came out uh, about a year ago. Yes. And also about a year ago was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Yes. And I think that sort of stamped in the discourse that we're, multiverse is the thing we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because that just sort of, you know, there are a lot of think pieces. Why is everyone talking about multiverses? You know, meanwhile, those movies were in development in very different tracks. Which I is imagine. a... That, I was thinking about that the other day, about like kind of why the alternate reality movie seems to be kind of popular right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I was looking up, and I kind of forgot how common a trope it was before that. Because, like, the Wikipedia page I was reading even cited maybe, like, Wizard of Oz as an example of technically an alternate reality mm. because they all exist in the mm-hmm. other dream world. Um, but I kind of feel like the new rash of these movies is kind of related to Rick and Morty. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hate to... I feel like people are going to not love Rick and Morty being responsible for this, but it right, does seem like... Right, because Justin and stuff. Yeah, but it does feel like at least... not. They obviously didn't invent the concept of multiverses, mm-hmm. but it seems like the new popularity of it may have kind of stemmed from them. I think it's hard to say because looking at the development tracks of all three of these movies... Yeah, you know, uh, I'm, 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 we're talking a little bit about Doctor Strange as well here. Even though I think my big take is I think Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, not really about multiverses. It's just sort of they happen to pop into one or two, but it's not really like about the potential and expectations like these other movies. The, the are. movie should have been called um, Scarlet Witch trying to find her kids in like two universes. Yes, yeah, three ish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they passed through a bunch in that one scene. So does the colon that. happen before in like two universes? <laughs> it's it's a, dash. It's parenthesis. Oh, it's, it's Doctor Strange. Strange. Scar- no, Scarlet Witch colon. Trying to, trying find, to find her, her kids. kids. Dash, dash. Dash. In like two universes, maybe three. Comma, maybe three. Question mark. Question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the That's title. a good title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> so, uh... Comic books are their own thing because they've had Elseworlds and alternate realities yeah. constantly. Like very famous, some of the most famous stories of all of all comic book history, like Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh huh. Yes. You know, uh, I mean that, that I don't. I'm not as big into the Marvel comics, so I don't know the exact like origin of something like Spider Verse. You know, if, if that's something that's they've explored in the comics before or whatever. But I know that obviously it's been pretty built into the DNA of that. Right. Everything. But when did that start to enter into the movies? So. They started doing alternate realities around when Loki was around when they started introducing the idea. Loki, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a response to the end of Endgame, and they like it was just their next phase is is the multiverse phase. So yeah, Loki was like the first real slow introduction to it, as yeah. well as I mean, WandaVision because but that was just all her made right. up. Right. They they kind of made you think that there was some alternate universe stuff going on. It, it, yeah. if, if you're trying to make the argument that like people in general are thinking more about alternate realities and multiverses because of Brick and Morty, I think that's an argument. But something all these movies in particular, I think, come from their own like origins and and, and beliefs and stuff. Like the comic book stuff especially and I think the Daniels have had you know, uh, everything everyone wants in development, like forever. Right. But since 2013, 
I don't know. Yeah. But, but I, also, I, I mean, it's just who, who knows. Yeah, I actually I just, found I, a script of there. I found two mm-hmm. versions of the script on Reddit yesterday. One from an early draft from 2017 that is complete. I just read like the first three pages, and it's like very different. And then I got a closer version, still different, but one that was probably 2019 or 2020 that was close to it. So it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. But also, this is the type of movie that everyone's like, are we going to make this? Because it's, right. it's a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, we love this. We would love to make something like this with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have yeah, you, yeah. Have this you is a great about... sample. What's right. your other thing? Have yeah. you thought about Dr. Scarlet Witch, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> not a working title. Not a working no, title. No, no, final time. That Print. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we the only the thing we're locked into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is debatable, but that title stays. <laughs> we start um, with the title. We work backwards from there. Exact <laughs> quote from Kevin Feige. Uh, so speaking of Scarlet Witch, Colin, et cetera, um, you might be wondering at home, fans, Warhawks, why are we not doing the Doctor Strange multiverse movie that came out more recently? You know, a lot of those comparisons in the zeitgeist. Well, I think when we're talking about these two movies, we're always trying to find interesting points of comparison. And I think Everything Everywhere All at Once and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse are both movies that use the multiverse conceit. To make tell the kind of similar themes and similar stories, they really take advantage of that idea to talk about you know what could have been, your expectations, you know what could be, all those different ideas, and something like Doctor Strange, I think, is not particularly interested in that. It's a lot more of just you know, can we do the multiverse stuff to introduce different characters and different ideas? But uh, then you might ask yourself, why are we doing this Spider-Man movie and not the other Spider-Man movie that also has alternate realities? Oh, that, that was my initial question. When I got the yeah. text, I was like, oh, cool. This is, I would not have, pa- I would have thought I was going to do a No Way Home into the Spider-Verse episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I love this, but yeah, I, and I loved, I love No Way Home, didn't love Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch of Finding Children. Um, <laughs> Colin da- Dash, da- question Colin mark. Dash, maybe three, ta- three places. At least. At least. Yeah. Yeah. No Way Home also is like this weird definition of where we got to in the last 20 years of superhero movies. And it was a thing that they kind of just had to do. And it's great. But yeah. it's, yeah. But um, Spider-Verse, I mean, that's the thing that I like about that Spider-Verse and No Way Home have together is like characters coming into because we generally stay in the same world right and Mm -hmm. same with everything everywhere all at once where we're hopping in dr strange Mm -hmm. we're staying in our and having elements come into the world we're in that's a good point actually that's a good highbrow lowbrow of yeah everything all everywhere all at once we're sort of hopping around everywhere whereas both spider-verse and no way home it's everything coming to you yeah you know yeah I have, a, I have a question. Why yes. did we decide that Into the Spider Verse is lowbrow? I couldn't. I figured it was <laughs> for kids. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that would be. I was actually thinking this the other day because I'm like, well, one of them has a lot of dildo fighting in it. Yeah. But I think it is, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the highbrow. Yeah. Uh, I do think it is dealing with more complex concepts, at least in terms of like emotional, com- more complex emotional concepts, and also kind of it delves more granularly into the idea of multiverses and how they function. And, sure. Okay. But um, definitely it's also a comedy, but I think, it, I, yeah. And I think part of that is like one movie was movie for adults and was movie for like, you know, teenagers to younger kids. Sure. So it makes sense that it's not a knock against it, that no, the, no. Comp- the concepts are a little less complex. But I do think that makes it a little lower brow. Okay. Yeah, I think because well, I, I have that note in here is like because I think this is maybe the episode where the our our uh, concepts blur a little bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think Into the Spider Verse may be one of the highest brow low brow movies we've done. And I think 
everything ever all at once might be one of the lower brow highbrow movies mm-hmm. we've done. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, the, di- the multiple dildo fights, yeah, multiple. I mean, Rakakuni, hot dog fingers, yeah, that could, yeah, that could lean you down low brow, yeah. but it, exactly. it, it is highbrow movie, right? I think because I think we come down to the question of like accessibility and mm. like how much hand holding, how much work is the movie doing to meet the audience? Where you know. Spider-Verse, you'd still have a very classic hero's journey. You know, you're setting up, you know, a a general save the cat-ish structure. Mm -hmm. Although I think, like many Lord Miller movies, it's absolutely breaking form here and there. But while coming back to it. Whereas everything everywhere at once is a lot freer and looser with its structure. It's breaking the rules a lot more. It's sort of demanding more of you. But it also is... An action movie. I had forgotten how much of everything all over at once was kind of like a classic action movie. Well, yeah, it's very much a martial arts movie mm-hmm. yeah. for a lot of it, which makes sense with the uh, the casting of Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it, there's a lot of just like real big set pieces that are mainly stunt based. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a whole the whole structure of the movie is kind of like they talk a little bit. Then it's a really long action scene. Yeah. Talk a little bit. Really long action scene. It's it's like not dissimilar to uh the structure, at least, of something like Enter the Dragon that we did yeah. last week. Last week, yes. Yeah. T- time time makes sense. <laughs> and that, that does also kind of remind me of a point you made in the martial arts episode about how some movies are about martial arts, whereas other movies have martial arts in them. Yeah. And this is a movie that is about, like, the, the ramifications of having multiple universes as opposed to just having multiple universes in it. Yeah. Mm. Although that is what I think uh, it has in common with Spider-Verse. And whereas I think something like No Way Home is slightly less thematically concerned with that. That yeah, that's what yes. I meant. Yeah, have you seen you've seen No Way Home? I have not. Okay, it, I'm not not a big Marvel guy. Yeah, that's fine. But um, we'll, we'll carry it that weight. I will say I do think <laughs> yeah I do think I'll watch it for you later. Great. <laughs> I do think Spider Verse does um, deal a lot less with like the kind of con- the ramifications of multiple universes. It, the point where it does, uh, I would thematically say, or like plot-wise, thematically. Okay, go on. Sorry. Just um, yeah, because I mean, there are characters that exist from from alternate universes, but mm-hmm. the one time it kind of because I feel like a big theme, especially for everything everywhere at once, is kind of the idea of like how your life could have turned out if right. you made different decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. There is one point where they intersect with that very closely, which mm-hmm. is the to the two Peter Parkers. Yeah. And I think that's like the closest. That's the closest one. But a lot of the other characters don't necessarily have that relationship with the Elts worlds. Uh, so allow me to make a a, a, a slight counter argument. Okay. To that, because I found here here's the note I had, which is that everything everywhere all at once is a movie about what could have been. Yes. And everything about that, you know, it's is Evelyn the Michelle Yeoh character is, you know, very much kind of looking back, like the oh, oh seeing the other path she could have taken allows her to understand where she is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like kind of like the brilliance of that metaphor. Yeah. Spider-Verse, I think, is about what could be. Because it's about a kid. He's about a kid who's like very much looking for who he wants to be, and he doesn't know who he is. And he's very much under the weight of expectations of his parents. He's dealing with, you know, which fa- which mentor figure he's going to go with, like his father, his uncle, yeah. Peter B. Parker. <laughs> <laughs> um, and kind of allowing basically having all these different other Spider-Man come in kind of shows like, here's all the different ways, all the different paths someone could go and you just need to find the path that's right for you. You know, and like his father comes and gives him that speech to the wall where he kind of talks to him and says, "What you know, whatever you're going to be is going to be great. Yeah. It's sort of mm-hmm. an inverse of the Evelyn story, but from the beginning. Like if Evelyn had had this whole journey when she was still in China before she like lived her whole life, which is kind of a more useful if you're like, if you really want to decide where you want to do it in your life, 
getting to see all the different paths you can go on yeah. as a child is pretty helpful. Yeah. 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 But yeah. more dr- less dramatically interesting than it is in everything everywhere. Oh yeah, for sure. But it's I think it's interesting that a lot of maybe it's just because it's like a less close comparison because they're not all the same. They're not all version different versions of the same person. Yeah. There's so no th- other Miles Morales. That's yeah. True. It's a less it's a less literal depiction of the the uh, ramifications of choice throughout someone's life mm-hmm. than in everything everywhere at once. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for sure that's like thematically going on there a lot. Yeah. Well, there's got to be another Miles Morales because there's two Peter Parkers, right? Or oh, sorry. There's not another Miles Morales in Spider-Verse. Oh, that we yeah. see. There would be see. infinite oh, yeah, yeah. Miles Morales. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say. Of course, okay. now that I've said that, I'm sure like there's some fucking nerd who's just like actually in the background of the scene in the end. You can see seven <laughs> Miles Moraleses for one frame each. Oh, they fucking got us. <laughs> It's like well, at the end of No Way Home, you know, like all the fucking spoilers for No Way Home, whatever. Fuck you. Like they're like kind of coming in. Like those like walls are breaking in reality. Yeah. Apparently, people are like, oh, if you look in the shadows of who's coming in, there's like all these other famous Spider-Man characters. I'm like, meet me halfway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty nerdy. You got to do a little more. Yeah. No, some of those things. Yeah, I don't find them. I don't see them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But we're not here to talk about No Way. Yeah. No, we're here to talk about uh, Spider-Man into the Spider Verse, which was directed by. Bob Parachetti, comma Peter Ramsey, comma Rodney and Rodney Rothman, written by Phil Lord and spelled out A N D Rodney Rothman. Story by Phil Lord and everything everywhere all at once, which is written and directed by, I think their credit in this movie is Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart. Mm, but they are the Daniels, right? For for uh, Swiss Army Man and for their music videos, they're just known as Daniels. So it's written and directed by Daniels. Oh, it's not mm. the Daniels; it's just Daniels. Just Daniels. It's cleaner. Yes. yes, but I believe they changed that for yeah. this movie. Yeah, Justin Timberlake said, "Drop the the." It's clear. It's right? yeah. <laughs> I think actually, maybe I think yeah, I think in the fake out credits, they are credited as, as Daniels. Daniels. It is. Right. Yes, they are. They are. Yeah. They yes, are. but in the, when the movie finally ends, it's yeah, it's Quan and China. So I have weird uh, um, connections to some of the people behind these movies. I having. Uh, my training is in Chicago comedy. It's the second city and Rodney Rothman has some connections there. Mm -hmm. And um, he came and spoke to us. I I was in a year long film program at the second city and um, got to meet him and ask him questions. And it was, you know, the year after uh, he won an Oscar for the film. And, uh, and just to hear him talk about that as coming from uh, a background writing for late night and writing comedies and the like low stakes comedies to to this. Have you guys seen the clip, uh, the old Letterman clip of Chris Farley as a guest coming out, running out, screaming, high fiving everyone in the audience, <laughs> and then he goes up to a guy on the aisle and is the guy's like yeah yeah, and he picks him up and carries him out to the alleyway and throws him in the dumpster. <laughs> that guy he put in the dumpster is Rodney Rothman wow, because right. he was a writer for Letterman at the That's time. That's great. And now he's Rodney Rothman Oscar winner. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he uh, interesting guy. Had some cool stories about making the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the funniest thing was that he uh, was directing um, Mahershala Ali mm-hmm. in the death scene of his character. Spoilers. Spoilers. And, <laughs> and I don't know who, I, I think they were both valid in this, but apparently, you know, he went through it again and Rodney Rotham is a comedy guy mm-hmm. and, and he went through it and Marshall Ali dies in his nephew's arms and whatever. Yeah. And Rodney Rotham was like, great, let's do it again. And <laughs> Marshall Ali was like, no, <laughs> I did it. He was like, I am not 
going there again right now. I cannot believe you would do that to me or something like that. And, and he was just like, and Rodney Rothman was telling us, he's like, yeah, I did not know that that's uh, a drama thing that uh, you need to give people time and uh, patience. And they don't often, often do second takes for really dramatic stuff. But um, I learned that the hard way. These I- fragile actors <laughs> not wanting to put in the work. Yeah. Because um, I've also had the same experience. I've only worked on like a lot of like animated comedies. And it's the same thing. Yeah, just do it again. Say it again. Maybe it'll be funny next time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you're just like crying and sobbing and dying. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you don't want to do that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because he's actually method. So he did briefly die in that scene. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's got he's got a CPR yeah, guy. Yeah. The EMT right there. Yeah. <laughs> His CPR guy that he brings on set. You got to bring your it's own like CPR guy. like when you have guy. a nutritionist. Yeah. Because you don't know what's up with the union CPR guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. The union. No. You don't trust the union CPR guy. No. 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 Not if you're two time Academy Award winner rehearsal Ali. Two time? Yeah. What was the second? Uh, you got Green Book oh, and, Green Book. Uh, and Moonlight. Moonlight. I knew Moonlight. I forgot about Green Book. Right. Yeah. Although I guess at the time of that recording, who knows? Because like they record these things so far in advance. He won his Oscars in sixteen and eighteen. So oh, like, he could so he, definitely he was, didn't have, he was he was one time at that point. One, yeah. So that's why Rothman was talking shit. Yeah, because he only had Oscar. one statue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna get railroaded by one Oscar off <laughs> <already> here. <laughs> Are you a, are you guys Spider Man guys? I'm not like a big Spider Man guy. Spider Man like, as a they were basically only comics I read as kid. As oh, a interesting. Kid. Yeah, yeah. And I'm the opposite. I not a Spider Man. I guy. was not a Spider Man fan. Me neither. I never read. I I may have read the comic books, but I was not the biggest fan of the character and the constant reboots. I do like the movies, some of the movies. I I yeah. Um, but was never. You know, d- never uh, a, a Spider-Man stan. Right. Uh-huh. Me neither. Which is why I think so much of the last 20 years of culture has been very confusing for me. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it seems like every time there's a new Spider-Man, people like lose their fucking minds. Yeah. And I think, to me at least, Spider-Verse was the first one that made me kind of get the appeal. Yes. It's like, it, it took a movie being entirely about what Spider-Man is to people. Yes. <laughs> like, what Spider-Man means. Literally making a movie about a guy who is a fan of Spider-Man who has to become Spider-Man <laughs> to actually make it click for me that, like, oh, anybody can be Spider-Man. That's the appeal. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the appeal is that he is a teenager and he is just kind of trying his best and fumbling through it as opposed to a lot of other heroes who are adults and feel more capable. Billionaires. And, yeah. Reporters. Gods. Gods. Aliens. A lot, of, a lot of gods and aliens. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they did a great job just format-wise of, uh, and obviously animation use helps a lot, but like how they introduced this, just all the Spider-Man, uh, Spider-People, uh, spy, not even people, Spider-Beings, uh, um, the Spider Family. The Spider Family. Well, don't they call themselves the Spider Gang? At one point, that was funny. A, that was a joke they made in that in the uh, Aunt May house fight. Oh, funny, okay. g- funny yeah. joke. Yeah, funny movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, they they did a great job of of for um and they and we didn't get this in 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 the Tom Holland Spider Man's but of an origin story but mm-hmm. simplifying it, cutting to it. They know they're self aware of where they are in our Earth of like you know the story. Here's mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Let's just get to it. Yeah. And all these other, sp- I mean, it's the, all the, all the references they make are the Tobey Maguire movies, correct? When yeah. He's, for it's one so, of the, it Peter makes sense because it's Sony. Yeah. 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 Well, because they do the train, they do the, they make yes. a reference to the third movie the which third, is, with the dancing, yeah. which yeah, is kind yeah, of yeah. funny because I, they do, I think they, they just do some visual changes where they don't make him have the black suit, which right. is like, it's not a, like problem for me at all. It's just kind of an interesting choice they made. I think it's um so they wouldn't have to build the asset. 
Uh, Most like for like a two second joke. Yes. Yeah. Because that movie brings always... up other continuity questions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so, on that note, two notes on the, you know, the, the them constantly doing the origin story, right? Spider Man to the Spider Verse. They're like, all right, one last time, and they do like a little montage yeah. telling the story. It's like that's like such a good like Lord and Miller beat. Where they is. like lean so hard into a trope that they can then just use the trope as a shortcut. Yep. Right? So, like, this is a movie where they constantly stops the action to do voiceover. That just explains like, what a character is and what they're doing, and then they can, so they can move on. Mm-hmm. In any other movie, that would be like, that's, like, not how you do a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But by making the whole bit, like, by making it a joke yeah. about how often they're doing it, they kind of get away with it. Yeah. That's, like... It's like fucking magic to me. <laughs> and it starts from the get-go. It starts from yeah. Chris Pine's uh, Spider-Man, yeah. where he's like, okay, you know the story, and mm-hmm. it just goes like that. It's just tonally from the get-go. And and then the the ability of of to have it animated, and I think helps too. Yeah. yeah. It is funny how Lord Miller is so good at doing those kind of tonal meta, like kind of the meta-commentary choices where they can be so hacky so easily, but they, they pull it off pretty well, especially in this movie. Yeah. yeah. It's a really precise... Like, there's a lot of movies that are meta, but, like, Lord and Miller somehow have that exact tone of, like, they can do the meta, they can do the the, the, the tropiness of it without you actually taking you out of the story. Like, I feel like the, the Jump Street movies are great at this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At being, just looking you right in the eye and being, here's the thing we're doing. Yeah. And then it just works. Yeah. Yeah. Doing a high railroad rail. Okay. Uh, Everything Everyone Wants also stops the movie constantly to tell other stories. Yes. <laughs> like anytime you go, you basically jump into another reality or anytime they do anything else, they do the entire kind of journey of what that other Evelyn would have been doing. Yeah. What yeah. that other women would have been doing. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do it in with less of a voiceover, although they do kind of have the chirons of like the, the computer readout of the life choices, which is like a good shortcut to just say what's happening with them in any given timeline. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they, they kind of just throw you into it with a lot less of an explanation and they kind of just let you figure it out. And especially in the end when they're hopping through it and it becomes less clear who, wait, what Evelyn, which Evelyn is in what situation because they're all kind of getting blurred. That's like the actual point of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But it um it makes you do a lot more work to kind of understand what's happening, which I totally I definitely realized because last I watched this movie twice. Last week I watched it with my mom and I was kind of on my phone during it, and then I watched it for real the other day. But um, had you not seen it? Before I had that? also seen it before. Oh, okay, I saw okay. it in theaters too. Okay. Um, so I guess I've seen this movie like two and a half times. Okay. Um, but uh, there's really only like a couple scenes that are kind of exposition dumps that explain actually what's happening, mm-hmm. and if you miss those. None of it makes any goddamn sense. Because <laughs> um, I was watching it from the perspective of I was watching with my mom who hadn't seen it, and um, she like went up to like make tea or something, and I was like, I think she just, I think she missed the point where they explain how the verse jumping works. Yes. And if you miss that one little dialogue scene, literally nothing in the movie makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and you can kind of catch on because at first he does stuff before I don't know maybe it's when he eats the chapstick or it's something else, but. You know by the paper cuts what he has to do. Yes. But you yeah. catch on because you see him doing just some crazy stuff and you're like, oh, okay, you can kind of catch on. But then there is that moment where they're like, oh, you need to do the least probable thing yeah. right. to then get to this outcome. Yeah. yeah. And they do have other characters kind of reiterate it because there's the part where um, Kehui. Kihui Kwan. Kihui Kwan is. Um, Wait, th- Waymond. Wayman, yeah, Wayman's where Wayman is like watching Michelle Yeoh try to just do weird stuff and he mm-hmm. just says to his daughter, Oh, if, I think she's trying to. If she does something weird, she gets powers. Oh, right. When it's when it's original universe, well, not Alpha universe, but like 
pr- prime the, the the Wayman we start with. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Where they're, he's just trying to like figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's so funny. Yeah. He and is. also he gets to have a huge range of acting choices in this movie. I mean, everybody does because of all the multiverses, but I feel like he has the most stark contrast between his not there's like the alpha character, there's the character in our universe, and then there's also the um the movie star. Right, the Wong Kar Wai universe. Yeah. 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 And he's just like three very different versions of the character and he gets like a huge range and he's great at it. Yeah, that's I, I rewatching it, I I watched it last week with a friend who hadn't seen it and rewatching it, I'm just blown away by him both being all giving us all the information and not knowing any of the information and me fully believing him like mm-hmm. within seconds apart. Um, and he's just adorable. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he's both Sarah Connor and fucking what's his name? Michael Bain, John Reese, the, the guy who says, come with me if you want to live. Okay. In Terminator. Mm-hmm. He's both come with me if you want to live. And the person being told, come with me if you want to live. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Terminator is great. I'm not, not going to sit here and be judged by you for liking I'm the Terminator. You. <laughs> Don't the silence. Roast you with your eyes. God, normally you just do this to the audience where you yell at them without them saying anything to you. I don't want to be the victim of this. Um, okay, I have kind of a, like a little bit of a hard pivot. Okay, sure, fuck it, go. <laughs> it's not. It's a. It's a. It's a medium pivot. Uh, I just think that a really interesting theme that I like noticed in everything, everywhere at once is just kind of the like the different like the dialectic of like optimism versus nihilism. Yeah, and how. And especially how that affects people of different ages and stages of their life. Mm-hmm. And also just how like be- becoming aware of the choices that you can make in your life is kind of like naturally leads to nihilism. It's also as like as you get older and you become like more aware of the world, um, how that kind of like leads into nihilism. Also how nihilism is kind of like a common thing that like young people can struggle with as they become more aware of just, you know, the ramifications of everything they do ever. Yeah. And expe- when when expectations meet reality, yeah, and you realize what that's going to mean for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. And then as the like polar opposite of that being optimism, or maybe not the opposite, but maybe the, like the the antidote to nihilism, just being optimism in like Wayman's like really great speech, yeah, in the end, and um, it's just like a really interesting theme that I, I loved in this movie, and I think the like the multiverse nature of it really like plays into it, and how like, just being aware of this thing. Uh, in the sci-fi context, but also just in life, aware of like choices, how that can just lead to nihilism, how you have to like bring yourself back from the brink, mm-hmm. and how your family, how your family, and maybe older people who have grappled with this already once in their life and have learned either like just de- learned ways to deal with it, how they can help you, like literally with the visual metaphor of like the mother and the whole family pulling her back from the donut. Yes, yeah, I, I noted that too with the with it's the entire bag, it's family. A bagel. It is a bagel. Sorry, bagel. Well, yeah, yes. how did you fuck that up? It's an everything bagel. <laughs> I just pic- I pictured I pictured it in my head. <laughs> it was a round thing. Fair. The donut. She sings the bagel. It. God damn it! She sings it. <laughs> That's how you remember. She sings a little a little ditty. Is that a reference to something? Or no, just... she's just singing. It's yeah. also an everything bagel because it's no, no. everything everywhere all at once. I, I yeah, get it. Put everything I get on it. Bagel. I just said the wrong word, guys. I'm sorry. Twice. I said the wrong word twice. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we're, we're, not gonna, we're not talking about nihilism. Now, now we're talking donut. about, now donuts. Donuts. about donuts you're, you're in a room with two New York Jews. We are going to make sure you get the bagel thing right. <laughs> all right. It's a bagel. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if this is a, a counterpoint, but I almost see it as like, optimism and realism because in in each universe's version of realism of like 
you being a bad daughter, all this, you know, you failing me or Joy having her different lives. And then those are like their reality. Whereas there were, you know, Evelyn never got the opportunity or never had her ideal life. Her And, but Waymond is always trying to make things, you know, that ideal or that optimistic thing as in, you know, putting googly's googly eyes on the bags of laundry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a real thing. That's that's a childish thing, but it's the optimist in him. Yeah. Yeah. So there's I don't know. I I mean, yeah. as a as a person who often I feel like once or twice a year I'll have like an existential freak out and have to just kind of like walk myself back from it. So I feel like realism and nihilism can kind of be the same thing. Yeah, yes. Depending yes. depending on your worldview, I guess. Yes, fair. So like fair. for me as a person who like can sometimes dip into nihilism and I have to like work my way out of it in like a similar way this movie does, which is like optimism to be like, you know what? You got to just like fucking do it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So like, I think realism and nihilism are like work hand in hand. I think that's like a beautiful thing about the great thing this movie understands. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny how much like exactly how the movie like uses the concept to like kind of take Evelyn on that journey. Mm-hmm. Cause it's very much like the structure of this movie is demented. Like, it is not, like, like if Spider-Verse is, like, you know, something you could probably teach in schools about how to do, like, a, a hero's journey, like, mm-hmm. beat by beat, perfect. Yeah. Like, everything everyone wants is so much more just driven by emotion and so much more just kind of, like, just a few big set pieces where a lot of emotional work happens. Yeah. Um, and the thing I was thinking of specifically, it, just onto your point, just about Evelyn, is her... The, the beat where she first sees the universe where she's a movie star. Yes. And her first reaction is like, I've got to like show Wayman how much better my life is without him. It was yeah. so honest. It's so yeah. real. I love it. Even though it's heartbreaking, I love that moment. It's so good. And it's it's like funny, but also like savage. And like you only, like the only way you kind of get through it as a viewer is like assume that the movie's got more up its sleeve. Yes. <laughs> like, because you know that these two characters never get to talk to each other one-on-one because shit, they always talk past each other. Yeah. Like that's how I got through that bit. Yes. Like, like, like when she has like the divorce papers, like I know that's going to get fucked up somehow. Yeah. <laughs> like I know, like I know she's not, they're not going to have a normal ass conversation about this. Yeah. Yes. Um, but then the moment, the moment that I think brings the movie home is when she finally gets, sees more of the movie star universe. And she's also sad. Yeah. yeah, and Wayman's also, but and Wayman's doing fucking great in that universe. Yeah, they're both doing great. I mean, I, yeah, that kind of gets to the optimism nihilism thing, where it's like no matter what, you will find a way to be dissatisfied and to regret your decisions. Yeah, so like you have to just be optimistic, or else you just will be unable to exist, which is what is happening with Joy. Yeah, or yeah, or yeah, or you put everything on a bagel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not a donut. Um, yeah, <laughs> not a, not, not, very a, much, not and enough. everything donut bad. That's terrible. You, you top. You can't put sesame on a donut. Have you ever How? had a garlic donut? Uh, that's why. <laughs> I have not. How yeah. many things could you realistically put on a donut? Because you could put a lot on. I've bacon. seen people put too many things on a donut, like bacon and shit. Oh, okay, yeah. but if it's just like a maple bacon donut, like back when I did eat bacon, like I remember thinking that was okay. That's two flavors. Yeah, but like, yeah, you're putting poppy. Sesame seeds. Every salt. type of dog. Every type of dog, right? Every type. <laughs> yeah, the montage of all the things she's putting out of bagel. Yeah. Yeah. Um back sorry, back to just the <laughs> To not bagel talk. To not bagel talk, but how <laughs> you can get so lost in this movie. And I saw it twice, but um it is it, I mean it, it ends twice. Yeah. It <laughs> it has three parts that are very different lengths. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I think, and it is one of those movies because they don't spell this out for you as the Lord Miller slash Marvel kind of uh, format 
lens too. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of catching up. And I think that they're aware of it's okay for you not to fully get it. Yeah, for sure. And both of these movies are very rewatchable and encouraged to be rewatched. Yeah. um, I think in in that kind of mantra of of watching movies a lot. But um, I still, there are parts where I don't know which Evelyn I have. And, mm-hmm, and yes. it, there's there's a certain point when when the big fighting scene it's it's really after the janitor's closet and when they split off I forget which one I'm with yeah for sure mm-hmm. and but I'm fine with that and then yeah. and then also yeah. that and then we're watching the movie with movie star Evelyn in the crowd yeah yeah and that's when I'm like oh I really don't understand the logic here but I don't care yeah, yeah. and it's fine and also because like inherently they are all the same Evelyn in a way right. so it's kind of all mixed up anyway yeah but it, I will say real quick, the interesting part is like, I feel feel like on a plot level, it doesn't feel like a very, because you're saying that Spider-Verse, or uh, yes, Into the Spider-Verse is like very kind of traditionally structured hero's journey. Uh, with with off, with off a lot of meta winks and ways that it's messing with that, but I think it is, yeah. yes, it's, it's on the path. Like you can yeah. put it, you could do kind of like a Blake Steiner beat sheet of it. Yeah. But the thing is, easily. you can kind of also do one for everything ever at once, but it's all the emotional beats. Like, yes, exactly. Because there is like the refusal, there's like the refusal of the call in the beginning, which is her in the closet. Yep. yep. And then like the literal, the midpoint, like I pause this, the literal midpoint in the movie is when she starts to try to get as many powers as she can. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have like the false, false defeat. And when have, the like, movie ends. Yeah. 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 Well, you have like, yeah, the movie ends. You have like the false defeat and then you have like the the turn. It's just mm-hmm. that like the false defeat and the return are they're kind of emotional beats because it's like it's not it, it like it happens, but it's kind of like from the audience experience, it's not necessarily from like a plot perspective. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of interesting how traditionally structured it is in a lot of ways. Yeah, there and there was a chapter in Save the Cat on when both characters are boulders. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah I yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Right yeah. after the Pope in the pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make, just make them both boulders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot they did that in the original blank. I mean, it's pretty hacky. <laughs> it's pretty hacky, but you know, it's just what you do. By the book, it's right. really by the book. It's, yeah, it's the Lord and Miller thing. Just just lean into the trope of turning your characters into rocks. Yeah, save the cat, Kyra on the boulder. You know, what's your guys? Uh, so after seeing it with some friends, I it was always a conversation of like what your favorite universe is, and I and after the first watch, it was it was them as rocks. But oh, I think so after funny. after the second watch, it's it goes back to Rakakuni. Oh, Rakakuni is so Rakakuni's fucking funny. very good. Yeah. Especially because, like, that's such a late set. It's not like they set that up in Act 1. No, they set that set up, up late like in an Act 2. In. And then, like, five minutes later, there it is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it wasn't until the second watch that I realized that the Rakakuni was the other chef in the yep. Benihana's that she was working with. And you can see yeah. his tail. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like yeah, it, it looks like he has like a like, like a, a what's, what's hat. The, yeah, it looks like he has one of those hats, like a Davy Crockett. Yeah, yeah exactly. Crockett. exactly. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, and I'll try and spin this into another conversation is uh, movie the the movie Star Universe, but specifically the scenes where they're talking on the street. Yeah, because yeah. that's like all a reference to like basically in the mood for love and like Wong Kar Wai movies. And oh. when you watch a lot of uh, very niche artsy fartsy movies, the culture doesn't come to you often <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a lonely place it's like me and seven nerds on the r criterion subreddit <laughs> and, uh, and let me tell you they were freaking out when this movie came out I'm glad like, you found your people they're like yeah. oh man they're doing one car why they're doing it we get the reference us we're the ones in power one for us <laughs> one for us and now 60 years of darkness yeah i mean it's kind of like an implied universe but my favorite uh, costume choice is Joy's kind of pop star costume with all the animals yeah. sewn on, like oh. the teddy bears sewn onto yeah, it. That's yeah. great. Also, 
Well, yet again, another movie where uh, costumes is doing so much work so for much. character development. Yeah, I mean, is, and then there's hot dog fingers and hot dog hot fingers. Dog fingers. Yeah. yeah, which is also. Special- I mean, I mean, I guess is that wardrobe or is that makeup? Uh, it's probably SPFX makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, I gotta say, one of the more emotional moments of this very emotional mo- movie was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis like would being sad that Michelle Yeoh was leaving her in Hot Dog Fingers land. Yeah. She was like. Is it something I did? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh no. like, could you imagine just living your hot dog finger life and then just like your wife just leaves you for no reason? Yeah, yeah. and so the feet sad. playing the piano. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, with the with a brace on the foot. With a brace yeah. on the foot. That was that was such a great. That yeah. was, that was what I was like. Oh, they had a good script supervisor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the magic of this movie. Is you have like, to have the best script supervisor <laughs> for oh this goddamn God. movie. It's like. It has such a powerful and such a next level understanding of all the emotional beats that it is completely free to go off the rails constantly mm-hmm. because it has that confidence of that like, it's like, I guess it's either the highest or the lowest, bra- like, like the highest brow, which is that you both, like sometimes I don't understand the movie, mm-hmm. but I like, I believe that the filmmakers know what's going on and yeah. I'm like, fine. I don't know that that's the case in this movie. I don't know that if I sat the Daniels down and asked them to explain how the multiverses were working in every moment that they could. Yeah. But I also don't care at all because yeah. of what the movie is doing. Well, that's because so well. yeah, this movie has kind of like, kind of like what I was trying to articulate maybe a little bit poorly earlier. It's like it has kind of an impressionistic take on what the arc, what like the thematic arc is for this movie, and that mm-hmm. like you're seeing these characters go through the emotional beats of like a hero's journey story. But if you were to split them out into all their worlds, each individual version of them is not necessarily having that full journey. Yeah, yeah. it's that as an audience you are seeing the journey. I didn't. I don't know if I realized this when seeing it for the first time, but comparing it to Swiss Army Man, of mm-hmm. like to me, they're like, we're gonna have a, an idea and then make it all character driven, and we don't give a shit about structure. And I followed along, and Swiss Army Man was fun. It wasn't the best thing I've ever seen, but I really enjoyed it. It's um, a really unique and promising. It's so weird. Yeah, it's like you know, it's the classic like uh, you know, like Hard Eight for Paul Thomas Anderson or Bottle Rocket for Wes Anderson or. Oh, I wish there was a third Anderson who had a similar arc of their career. Pa- Pamela. Pamela. Oh, right. Uh, yes. Yeah. It was like Baywatch. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. We're like, you have the early proof of concept movie that's lower budget. That's like interesting. That shows the chops. And then they like get the movie that's like theirs. Yes. And that's yes. just like, and you know, then you have your boogie nights or your, um, turn down for what ru- video, your Rushmore. Well, I guess turn down for what comes before. I know, but yeah. I just want to talk about the term down for what video. It's great. I worked on a show last year. Uh, I was a COVID monitor. Yay. That job. Oh, that's um, the worst job. And um, But I worked on a Disney Plus show coming out soon called American Born Chinese mm-hmm. with the entire cast of this movie. Okay. Um, so Michelle Yeoh, Ki Kwan, um, Stephanie Shu was in an episode. She shot for like a day. Mm-hmm. James Hong was there for like three days. Yeah. And... The, the guy's name is Brian. I forget his last name, but who played... And he's a stunt actor. And who played the... Dildo and Butt guy? Dildo and... Oh, maybe he's not the Dildo and Butt guy, but is he's one of the... Yeah, I think he is. He's the security guard. He's like the bald security guard. Which uh, one? Who is? Oh, no. So there's the bald, the big bald security guard. Oh, there's two... Because okay, there's a butt plug and a dildo. You're right. That is true. Yeah. Are you talking dildo or butt plug? Dildo. Yeah, dildo is like the bald guy. No, bald guy is the butt plug. Okay, so rem- oh, okay. you're right because okay. he tries to get the, he bald guy. Tr- Wait, no, yeah, okay, guy with hair, hair guy and bald guy. Hair guy tries to get the dil- the butt plug in his butt and he fails, and uh, then bald, bald guy, guy does the giant flying yes, leap yes. into the okay, door. Okay, okay, yes, the okay, I, I, and the other security guard, 
Yeah. Who lands, <laughs> who jumps and lands yeah. onto the trophy or butt plug or whatever we want to call it, was also in Can't that show, American Born Chinese. So I've seen them all, all very nice people. And and I was lucky enough the, as a, a, a crew member of the show while Everything Everywhere All at Once came out, mm-hmm. Michelle and Key wanted to do a screening for the whole crew. Oh. And they did, but Michelle got COVID at the premiere. Oh. So Key oh. had, so we all went to the, um, amc grove Mm -hmm. and at the grove and got to see it with key and he like talked about it before and he was like this is my first job back Mm -hmm. i'm really excited and he was facetiming michelle and and she was waving in and it was like this really cute thing and we got to watch the the movie with key and that was that (laughs) and i saw it uh before then but um and then yeah so i know that that guy brian was uh who the other dildo guy Mm -hmm. uh stupid guy (laughs) <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah he played he, he was a guy in the uh in the the show coming up and he ate egg salad that was out like standing out all day mm-hmm. uh, on set and uh and then got sick and we were all like everyone was like you shouldn't have <laughs> eaten that old egg salad so we had to reorganize it wasn't like oh we had covid issues we were like no brian <laughs> threw up from eating old egg salad That's so we have to reorder when you don't have enough egg salad monitors on set yeah i'm uh, sorry guys um, they ended up having to hire one of my good friends who was a COVID monitor mm-hmm. and and who is the same build and he's bald as well as his body double to just do all the reverse shots of Brian. God, that was like the best <laughs> break for that's yeah. like that's like the COVID monitor dream. It is, and he yeah. did it and he got in and he's in and now he's in two episodes uh, yeah. or three episodes. Well the back of his head is. The, yes, the back of his head. <laughs> no, and, and the front of his body with there's a scene where because he's like a hybrid pig human, so they cover his face in the real world, but in the ancient world that he's He's uncovered, mm-hmm. and he has a big like sun hat covering his face. So he's raking leaves in all the school shots with the kids. That's my friend Peter. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Got Sorry, it. tangent, but had, but had that, to share what, that. that. Alternate is... paths. Alternate paths. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Someone doesn't eat egg salad, and then suddenly they don't. They're not a movie star anymore. Yeah. That's exactly what these movies are. Yeah. About. But um, <laughs> all these people, so nice, so great. Key, cutest person I've ever seen in, in real life, <laughs> and uh, does some really funny stuff. So. Yeah, he's so good at this movie. Also, what a crazy story he's had. Crazy. Like his, his career. I mean, yeah, obviously starts out in like short round. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like have a career after that due to like... He, well, also Goonies. in Goonies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not a movie I give a shit about. I actually this. haven't seen Goonies, no, but... I have. It's fun. It's fine. Okay, no. go watch No Way Home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if those are an either or thing. <laughs> Both of them have the truffle shuffle. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm in. <laughs> right. You watch the truffle shuffle every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If um, someone's shuffling, I'm truffling. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that yeah. So then uh, he apparently yeah he he stopped acting because mm-hmm. he just wasn't getting any roles because you know Hollywood in the eighties ish nineties ish. Uh, he became a, he was an AD for Wong yeah. Kar Wai movies, uh-huh. uh, and I think was also like a stunt coordinator yeah. in some movies. Mm. Which I think what makes Everything Everywhere All Once one of the really interesting elements of it is it is a movie that's kind of uh, also in small ways about Michelle Yeoh's whole career. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it, it really is. But also kind of uh, Ki Kwan's whole career. Yeah, like by also like doing the Wong Kar Wai reference and having him do the martial arts. Yeah, and him kind of. You know, there's, I guess, this metatextual element of, like, you know, Michelle Yeoh, obviously this big movie star, Ki Kwan, only coming back now. That's sort of the story of their, like, marriage in this movie is that she's kind of in charge and he kind of is this, like, savior at the end just by virtue of, like, being cool and kind. Yeah, and this Mm -hmm. is a unique example of it working fantastically of 
directors, writer directors writing for an actor because yeah. they wrote this for both of them. And yeah. I, I, I'm almost certain because they called Key to, for him. And the character in an early script was called Michelle. Yeah. And Michelle asked them to change it to Evelyn because she's like, mm-hmm. I'm not me. It's a bit much. Yeah. 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 She was like, this is too on the nose. Yeah. And and they changed it to Evelyn. But yeah, that I mean, that is a really cool parallel of their <laughs> careers in, in this film. Yeah. yeah. And doing the highbrow lowbrow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is that a dance? Do we do the high high brow? We did it's make like it into a dance high, at one yeah, point. Go a little high, go a little low. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we had a, uh, we made a TikTok. Shake it all about. Vi- <laughs> we made a TikTok video of it that nobody liked. <laughs> <laughs> we we discovered at first we were like we got to move into video. We got to put our faces out there. That's clearly what the people want. And the videos with our faces in them do so much worse than the hey, ones. All I know is that the fans want speed racer content. God so damn it, they much. really yeah. do. That's all they Everybody want. wants speed. Ra- that's what I and I, I follow you guys on socials and. All I get is Speed Racer stuff on my algorithm because it's so well liked. They I know, so and it's like too that. bad because we most of our episodes on Speed Racer is us kind of shitting on Speed yeah, Racer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't see Speed Racer. I think I saw clips of Speed Racer once, but I had no interest in it. It's got its moments. It, yeah, sure it yeah. Does. yeah, I mean, I don't like it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend. But okay, wait. I was going to make a point. Now I'm going to make a point about Speed Racer. Okay. Because I had this one. It's in my notes. I can prove. Do it, it for the socials. I'm doing it for the socials. Okay. Here's my. Here's my. Here's a fucking take I've dropped before, but I'm going to drop it again. You know, people <laughs> are always say that like Speed Racer is like the only live action movie that feels like an anime, uh, and that's bullshit. I watch a lot of anime, and none of it feels like Speed Racer. It just Speed Racer feels like Spy Kids. Yes, as we've talked about. Spider Verse. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which Spy Kids? Uh, Got to be three. Spy Kids 3D game over. Okay, fair, yeah. fair. Uh, Not no, the best probably, one, but fair. Spy Kids two is the best. Spy Steve, Kids, Steve, Kids Steve two. Steve Buscemi. Good performance. Great performance by Steve Buscemi. <laughs> is that Shark Boy and Love Girl? Is that a no, different no, no, thing? no, no, no. Spy Kids. I've only the, seen one Spy Kids. Spy Kids two: The Island of Lost Dreams. Exactly, Got and, it. Yes. and that was the greatest like. Imagine imagination as a kid watching that. I was like, oh, so they have little animals and bigger animals, but they're the same and they're connected and you can see them on a live map and move them. And like, it was the craziest thing. And that's like a kind of like a throwaway bit. And it's like so weird. And yeah, Steve Buscemi gives like a genuinely like soulful and interesting performance as this guy who made all these weird monsters on this island. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Spike... Good movie. Spy, Spy Kids, Kids 2, 2, The Island of Lost Dreams. Yeah, I will I will die on that hill. It's a good movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we watch it every uh every Seder. <laughs> <laughs> I bet we could pull this off. We could. Yeah. How, okay. Okay, April, we're gonna watch it. Uh, okay, here's my pitch. Next Thanksgiving. We let's Thanksgiving. Okay. we turn off the football game and put on Spy Kids hey, 2. You know I always want to <laughs> turn see off the how football long game. it takes for someone to notice. Exactly. <laughs> see how long it takes before we're Our like, dads are like, is that Steve Buscemi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did he get drafted? Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, they wouldn't get his name on the first try. No, no, no. Is that, is that Sandler's friend? Uh, is that Stock Bablami? <laughs> <laughs> is that Michael Madsen? <laughs> what do I know him from? Oh, is that Crazy Eyes from Mr. Deeds? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Uh, my big take is that is Spider-Man... That Stork Jablonski. <laughs> Stork Jablonski. <laughs> Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a movie that is really working hard aesthetically to feel like a comic book. Yeah. And it does. Yeah, it, it uses the halftone, especially. It succeeds. Yeah. And not just in the... You know, it has like the the um, the Chirons. thought the thought bubbles yeah. that are like squares, and it has and the, it has the color grading and the and and the texturing mm-hmm. of a yeah. comic book as well. But it also in how busy every shot is and how aggressive and over the top the action scenes are, they feel like comic book action panels. If yeah. you watch comic comic book action panels, are busy as shit. They you cannot follow what's going on. Yeah, and anymore. it's usually a centerfold, like huge. It takes up the whole thing, and they yeah. do that really well on, in a frame. Oh yeah, these are this, this is a movie made of a splash page. This is incredible. Yeah, yeah this kind of gets into what I was thinking during the movie. During, what I was thinking during the movie, which is just that I think 
all comic book movies should be animated. I think it just the action <laughs> sequences just work better as animation because as like a not super comic book movie guy, this is like the one that had like the clearest action for me and like the physics worked the best for me. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. Yeah, there's that there's that suspension of disbelief with animation there that that I'm on and I'm I'm big Star Wars fan, big animated Star Wars fan yeah. and uh all of the and I love the shows because of the action that I get to see that I don't see uh, in and I just think we get more of it cuz it's yeah, it's time consuming to animate and make, but yeah. it, but as far as actually making a, a live action scene like that, yeah, um, I I agree with you. I think I would love to see all all animation uh, superhero movies. In, yeah. in in a parallel universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Deep but, inside of a par- sorry. Um. <laughs> but this was this uh, this was the first movie um, that I showed my parents ever. At, at, no, first movie that they that my dad was like, I'm really glad you showed that to me. That was really great. Oh, like yeah. during the pandemic, I, I was crashing with him for a while and we, there were movies, you know, he sat me down to watch the great escape for eight hours. And then I sat him down to watch <laughs> what we do in the shadows. And he was like, nah, I can see that being a mixed review from Craig Marshall. Yeah. yeah. What, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. 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 And then, um, but when it came to Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, I explained to my parents that this is not an iPad movie. Please do not play your card games. <laughs> <laughs> and and then uh, we sat through it, and my dad and I had like a really nice film conversation about it, about the form and about animation and about just like what they were able to do with it. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I guess highbrow lowbrow, if I may, mm, or may. Low, lowbrow highbrow, uh, yeah. I advised my parents i advised my mom not to watch everything everywhere all at once because she will not understand it and won't like it and i told my dad to watch it alone and <laughs> and um they watched the first 20 minutes of it together which was not advised and <laughs> then they stopped because my mom wasn't understanding it and didn't like it yeah. and then they called my brother and then they called me and asked why we had them do this and i said i said i told you guys specifically mom should be not in the room watching this <laughs> And then, lock her in a closet. Lock her, <laughs> lock her in the bathroom like she won't a dog. Get it? Give her, give her something she wants to watch, uh, whether that be General Hospital or NCIS, whatever. Yeah. And 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 let her play Canasta on her <laughs> iPad. And then my dad then finished the movie at a later time. And then I asked him how it was, and he went, Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Fa- it was fine. I was yeah. like, Okay, that's better than whatever. You you like Spider Verse. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you did your best. Peter. That's yeah. all you can do. You can bleed the horse to water. Yeah, exactly. But that was but I will say Spider-Verse was like uh I, I was like, this changes animation mm-hmm. and this changes like understanding multiverses. Obviously this was before everything everywhere. This was the first real good multiverse movie. Yeah. And um I mean, uh, hold on. That's let's sorry, not forget sorry. about Jet Li's the one. Yeah. Have not Rashomon. Rashomon. That's not what the real thing about it. <laughs> no. The plot of Jet Li's the one is that there's multiverses. Okay. And one guy figured out how to jump between them, but he realized there's like there's like a, there's like 200. Well, there's like a finite there's amount. There's just 200. There's, there's like a finite amount. And anytime you one of them dies in one universe, you're supposed to all die at once, all the your alternate cells. But if one dies prematurely, his strength gets sent out to the other ones. Okay. And one evil Jet Li figured this out and he's jumping from universe to universe to kill killing him. the Jet Li so he can become the one that's basically Highlander. the most power yeah but like multiversal yeah i mean <laughs> that's the i like adding multiverses to highlander this sounds great the, the the big pitch of the movie was that jet lee fights jet lee in this movie cool and they build it up at the big end and it's kind of cool it's like gemini man i guess yeah but it's just they're the same age yeah anyway jet lee's the one fine 
I remember <laughs> <laughs> not as good as Five Kids Two: The Island of Lost no, Dreams. No, 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 no. But I have a soft spot for it. Okay. So, but you're right. The first uh, um, after Jet Li is the one really trailblazed. Yeah. Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Game changing. Yeah. <laughs> so you were you were saying? No, no. It's just it's just I I'm it's a movie that I I'm not a big Blu-ray purchaser or mm-hmm. DVD purchaser. Yeah. Um, but I am for certain films, and I did did buy the Spider-Verse uh, Blu-ray because of just like watching it. I was just blown away seeing it in theaters, and mm-hmm. every time I'm just and now I know it so well. I've seen it probably five or six times mm-hmm. with different mm-hmm. groups, and it's just. Always entertaining. Yeah. It's jaw-dropping. It's funny. It's funny as shit. Like, second to second, it is so funny. It's so funny. And the cast is incredible. Mm-hmm. And some of my favorite... I mean, I lo- like, my standout is, is uh, Catherine Hahn as Doc Ock. Oh, incredible. Yeah, very good. The the Her reveal, uh, I guess other people may have seen it coming. I did I, not. I was like... No, and I guess they, they see it in what... Like, her glasses are, like, eight-ringed. Sure. And, like, uh, you know, they kind of... She's in the movie little parts. You can guess it if you're looking yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, on a first watch, though, for me. No, and it wasn't until the, the arms came out. And she was like, oh, I'm Olivia Octavius. But yeah. my friends call me. I was like, yeah, yeah. it's like, Liz, your friends call yeah. you Doc Ock? No, my friends call me Liz. Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Enemies. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Um, I think my my standout is still Jake Johnson, just because I love Jake Johnson. He is and it's a great he's performance. He's great in this He's movie. doing a lot, too. It's like a very tough yeah. Uh, before his his line reading of "Do I want kids?" is yes. I think it's the line I always forget, and the one I always oh, laugh yeah. the hardest. I laughed like, really Do I hard. Want kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The action scene, right? yeah. The climax. <laughs> and it is funny because like it is kind of a throwaway line that the reason that he uh, divorced Mary Jane Watson or Parker at that point was because of kids. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little bit. He gets like a little bit of an emotional arc in that. Yeah. In that joke, which is kind of pretty fun. Yeah. For oh, yeah. two throwaway lines. Well, that's. I mean, another just another Gordon Miller thing is they are so good at doing so many setups throughout the movie that like when their final action scene comes, it is just pay off, pay off, pay off, pay off, pay yeah. off. Like as like a fucking cascade. Um, I know I've talked about this a lot, but like uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, yeah. uh, their first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fucking good at that. Yeah. <laughs> that movie's like 80 minutes long and the last 20 minutes is just like shit paying off and you're just like delighted. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I've seen that in its entirety. Oh, you would love it. I'm sure I would. And that you're a person who likes good things. <laughs> oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. It wow. can't be. No. I called you funny like an hour that's ago. Fair. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That was the nice that was the nicest thing. That was 31 years coming. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm and I'm not even 31. Yeah. Like you knew four, you knew in the first 4 years of the, before I existed that this yeah. kid's the only getting it when I'm 31. Yeah. I was like a baby I'm like Something's out there in the ether. Yeah, it's not funny now. He's entering the world at some point. Yeah. Um. I as far as payoffs, and that's. I mean, I guess it's building up with characters. Uh, of like you get the natural comedy of the introductions of like the three or four extra Spider people, mm-hmm. and I'm a I'm a Mulaney fan, and I love so and I love yeah. Peter Porker, and 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 Nick Cage. Everybody, everyone's great, mm-hmm. but um, you really get their payoffs in the big action scenes too, because they all. I mean the big hammer and just everyone doing their little cartoony things is great, and I think similarly they provide character and comedy, a la Rakakuni or or Hot Dog Fingers to, yeah. or The Rocks. Yeah, and they do progress the story, but also they're a, li- a nice light addition. Yeah, and I think they're kind of just comparing the two endings. Is that like they both are just like overwhelming? These are both like so, yeah, yeah, overwhelming movies. Whereas but you're right in Spider Verse, it's just like the plot. In universe, shit's like going crazy, and mm-hmm. then just like 
all the payoffs are happening on a pretty basic plot level, whereas in Everything Everywhere All at Once, you are jumping from universe to universe as every universe is going through, like, the arc. Like, a Save the Cat arc. Right. Like, every universe has the downbeat at the same time. Yeah. Every universe has the, like, we're trying again. Oh, no, it's not working again. You know, like, mm-hmm. the Rakakuni with the biggest one is, we're going to get him back. Oh, no, we can't get him back. No, now I'm, I'm going to carry gonna, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is funny because, like, that is a big moment of kind of, like, the third act, the Rakakuni stuff. But it actually... Does it even have any effect on the rest of the plot of the movie at all? I think it's just think to show that across all universes, Evelyn's journey yes. is the same yeah. at that moment. Yeah. Which is great. I love it. But it's another like kind of impressionistic take on like these emotional beats. Cause like if you yeah. I think if you get your if you get your flow chart out, a lot of these things are like not necessarily like actually affecting each other. Right. This is not primary. It's about feeling. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's about feelings. Um but yeah, it, and it makes sense that these movies are maximalist in that way because mm-hmm. like it, they are very much about the overwhelming like pressure of choice and about the like just like being overwhelmed, especially as a young person. So it just makes yes. sense. Like the format follows this where it's just, it is overwhelming to watch and you are as an audience experiencing what the character is feeling emotionally just because you get a lot of fucking images flashing at you. So yeah. it's great. I love shit like that. Oh yeah. And it feels like, I mean, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but you know, Joy's feelings are not dissimilar to Miles's. Yeah. Miles feel yeah. overwhelmed by expectations from, you know, and they're kind of like uh, um, socioeconomically kind of similar stories, whereas, you know, the, the parents are less, less, less well off than the kids will likely be. Yes. You know, uh, um, Evelyn and Wayman are like new immigrants. I mean, they own a laundromat, which is, you know, hey, I, I would love to own a business one day, but it's not doing well for various tax reasons. Yeah. Which we can dig into. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and oh, yeah. Second half of the podcast is all about taxes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Miles is, you know, he's in a charter school, right? He's like in like. Yeah. And yeah. it's a boarding school, which is interesting. Yeah. that's yeah. I, I picked that up. That's one thing I picked up on this last watch. I was like, oh, he I forgot that he has two rooms. Yeah. He has yeah. a room in. Where in in Queens and a room in Manhattan or something like I that. I think he's in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, in this one he's in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Peter, Parker, Peter Parker, Queens. Ma- yes, Miles Morales, Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. So it's Brooklyn and and I guess like the Lower East Side. It feels like Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like yeah. I just totally I was like oh yeah he does have two bedrooms. Yeah. Shout out to uh, the voice actor who had no lines as the roommate. Oh, <laughs> oh they, still, yeah. they still had a voice actor. There. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't like, know. like okay, like give me my script. Like you actually don't have any lines, but we just like yeah, feel like fall off the chair. Similitude for you. To just like be here. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lord and Miller are like falling off their chairs in the back. <laughs> They're like, this guy's so good. They end up using fa- him, them falling out of their chairs as the sound instead of him falling out of the right. chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so actually, we're not going to be able to pay you for this because you used, uh, you know, Miller's chair. Uh, actually, it's funny that the, the, the fact that he's going to the charter school is like a very clever, it's a very clever way of, I feel like with, with these kind of young adult protagonists, they have to both be cool and interesting but also outsiders. Yeah. And sometimes that means they got to be nerds, but like, you know, oh, they're not like that nerdy or they have to be like, they're outsiders because they're like rebels, but they're still cool. Mm-hmm. Like, this is by just transposing him into just a different part of the city and like a different setting that he's used to away from his parents. It's yeah. a way that Miles can still be a cool and interesting dynamic guy while still being an outsider enough that you're like on his side and understand. It's kind of like Fresh Prince, like the setup for Fresh Prince a little bit. Very like, similar. Yeah, like the... <laughs> You know. You're talking about the Peacock gritty reboot, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, big fan. Bel Air. I, I think that's sure. what it's called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the other thing, uh, in addition to the new location or like the, the going to a different borough, mm-hmm. is is immediately getting embarrassed by dad. 
Oh yeah, say, yeah. Say, I love you too. And mm-hmm. that from the get go is like, great. I'm a mm-hmm. loser. Yeah, it's the first day, and that's a classic. Again, it's a trope, but yeah, Miller yeah. pulled it off good. Yeah, because yeah. there's like it really reminded me of like an almost identical scene in Almost Famous mm-hmm. when the mom yells that she, like don't do drugs to him as he's going to the concert. Yeah, although in this case they do a really like, fucking Lord Miller set up payoff. Like it's it's a good joke and it sets up their dynamic, but then when when the dad comes to give tell him that his uncle died, mm-hmm. and it's that really great thing where he's giving him the pep talk, but Miles literally can't talk back. Because he's got like the yeah. spider webs on his mouth, <laughs> yeah, common thing. Yeah. Uh, so the him not being able to say it back, actually, one, it's like kind of it's a really sad twist of fate, yeah. but also it's like really works thematically. It's suddenly something that was played as silly before really suddenly matters. Yeah. It's like such a great flip. Like mm-hmm. whoever fucking came up with that shit in the writers' room, they Wonderful. should just just whatever he wants forever. Yeah. 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 Probably Lord Miller. <laughs> yeah. Or Robin what if Miller. he wants to like kill everyone? Everyone, no. Six. <laughs> Some people. Six people. Six okay. medium to bad people. Yeah. If they're all medium, <laughs> that's rough. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you give him like a spread. He's like, I'm only going for oh, the mediums. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like a draft. He only gets like so many points. So you can kill like 10 horrible people or like one medium person. <laughs> and he always goes for the medium. <laughs> that bastard. Yeah. Um, I have one. Um, uh, I guess logic complaint about between these two films, and I know okay. logic is kind of thrown out the window mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. both of them. Yeah. But the one just world building logic thing that um, actually a friend of mine really introduced the the idea to me in my first viewing in the theaters. We're watching um, Spider Man into the Spider Verse, mm. and out loud in a full theater. We're talking about how broad Fisk's shoulders are. Yes, and how big guy, and how big he is, and how you, uh, like a third of, uh, we see him are in getting in or out of cars and trains. Yeah, but he's too big for every door. Yeah, he just kind of folds. Cl- he, I don't know. Well, how does it happen? How? Because he's literally the climax. He's, he's on like, a train, seeing his wife and 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 kid die or almost oh, die. Yeah. How to get in the train? How to get in the train? Yeah. How to get in and out of the car to, to, to the lab with, with Doc Ock. I, I, he's I, like, I don't know. He's like Baymax. He just like sucks his arms <laughs> into his body. Hey, Baymax is great. Yeah. We love Baymax. <laughs> oh, no. This is, a, this is definitely a Baymax show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's cute. He's big. He's fluffy. Yeah. He he's was got, also on 30 Rock. <laughs> he makes squeaky sounds. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, that's a good point. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. yeah. It is also funny that he is like not a super powered character. But he's just the biggest man in the world, so he essentially is. Everybody is, is to. I mean, his Miles's dad is pretty big, but he's a yeah. bigger guy. Yeah, Fisk is is enormous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to be fair, that is it's not comic accurate. Is in like he's never been that big in the comics, to my knowledge. Yeah, but that is, that is the thing that he's always just like a, a normally large guy. Yeah, and like and usually not explained by like, you know, he wasn't bitten by a radioactive big guy. Yeah, <laughs> radioactive <laughs> <He> just, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a big guy. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it always, I feel like it always like depends. Like sometimes he's just like a big fat guy who like Spider Man can beat up easily, and that's mm-hmm. not why he's scary. Sometimes yeah. he is big and strong. Yeah, he's the strong kind of fat. Right. Yeah. It, it, it varies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a linebacker in, in, in high school. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Very big guy. Yeah. I mean, we could quick shout out the uh, character designs in Spider Verse. Yeah. Are excellent. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 Uh, I real, I mean, obviously, like Doc Ock, very clever with the inflatable mm-hmm. arms. 
Uh, even just ones you only kind of see for a second, like uh, um, Green Goblin is just like a giant green monster. Yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, I mean, being in the alternate universe allows them to be a little more free with the character designs mm-hmm. and a little yeah. more interesting and impressionistic because they're not like stepping on, you know, the nerds are not going to get mad because they're like, oh, hey, it's Miles Morales' world. It's fine if, you know, it's not classic yeah. Green Goblin. Or and, and I guess uh, to that point of the one, like, I want to say superhero Marvel-y imagery we have in my mind of like technology and world of like the only superhero layer type of thing we see is the original Peter Parker's shed yeah. that yeah. Lily Tomlin's Aunt May shows us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that I thought was a really cool kind of, and, and, and Peter B. Parker called it out was like, okay, brag or whatever. Like yeah. That. yeah. But, but I thought that was a really cool, like bending the rules and using animation to a good way too. Of yeah. Design. Oh yeah. And it was it was really interesting to see different you get to see different stages of this hero's kind of like life and they like like was it Peter original Peter Parker is like he's like mm-hmm. a very lived in Spider Man he's been he's a, like deeply an adult mm-hmm. he has been Spider Man for a long 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 time and like Jake Johnson has also been Spider Man or was Spider Man a long time ago so it's kind of interesting yeah. to see like like the shed thing is kind of like a more lived in version of Spider Man yeah you don't necessarily always see in these movies because mm-hmm. we often start at the kind of the origin story when he's in high school or even a little bit after that. So it's fun to see, like, you know, 40-year-old Spider-Man, like, what what a more mature Spider-Man is doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing I love about just the freedom they seem to have with, like, designing the world, designing these characters, one thing I love about reading actual physical comic books is seeing how these characters are going to be interpreted by new artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And, like, I feel like that's something you almost never get in movies, because in movies, one, they have to be a little more grounded. There's more of a house style, especially with what Marvel's doing. But also because, like, the movie's trying to be, like, the definitive, the straightforward. Like, here is, you know, we're doing a Spider-Man movie. Here's a Doc Ock, you yep. know? Yep. So they're not going to... You're you're only going to do, like, one Doc Ock a decade at most. So they're not going to try <laughs> we and, like... Thought. <laughs> we, <laughs> right, we thought. We thought. So they're not going to, like, get weird and expressionistic with it. So you don't get interesting takes on the character. You get good, like, effective takes. Yeah. And, inter- yeah. and I'm, I'm not apt, not demeaning the, like, really incredible work that a lot of these character designers and and, uh, and wardrobe people are doing. But you don't have the freedom to interpret. It's not like when I pick up a comic book, I'm like, oh, wow, Jim Lee is doing Batman this week. Like, yeah. what's that going to look like? Yeah. Whereas yeah. you really get that in, in Spider-Verse. Yeah. 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 And they actually use... It is interesting when they use like different, even artistic styles within the different character designs. Cause mm-hmm. you have the black and white with Spider Noir. Yeah. You have kind of a anime style mm-hmm. with uh, Penny Parker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, is there, oh, and then Peter Porker. Yeah, just is Looney, kind Tunes. Of like Looney Tunes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then Gwen, Spider Gwen's same kind of style. Yeah. The Very original. kind of traditional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, comic book style. Yeah. Uh, I'm, it is, we're like getting outside of like my knowledge of the different artists, but yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, she, her her design it would be, I think, an art style similar to what Miles or yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it's in the same, yeah, a, a closer dimension to Miles's. Mm-hmm. Than it's the baseline of what this movie's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so a point I was making, but I, I can't remember where we got distracted by. It. I think I think Spy Kids too, but um, should, should we talk about Spy Kids too? We could. Yeah. <laughs> um. Just, uh, just it's just interesting to me, and I feel like we 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 could maybe we got down to already, but it, it is interesting to me how Spider Man is into the Spider Verse is very much in conversation with other movies, yes. other Spider Man movies, and so and everything everyone all wants is doing the exact same thing, you know, as we talked about with Michelle Yeoh and uh, and Kwan. Mm-hmm. Is there anything to be had about just like how these movies are doing it? Is there anything? Like, I feel like 
it, is it all more surface level? Are they making broader points about these different kind of movies? Or is it more just sort of like, are these interesting references? I mean, as at least in Into the Spider-Verse, it does kind of have a, a little bit of a meta commentary on about how movies like retell origin stories mm-hmm. constantly. And especially with Spider-Man specifically, because we had like four different reboots of him. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of it feels like a like a form like it feels like a just like a reference to that real life phenomena mm-hmm. um everything everywhere at once it i there's fewer okay are there any direct movie reference i guess there's ratatouille, ratatouille. ratatouille. in the mood for love is the other one right them talking the street yeah um there's i mean a lot of the kung fu stuff feels very crouching tiger-esque Although it's not really like they're not like dead on recreations, they could be any other like, and, like yeah. Because there's a lot of martial arts movies that kind of exactly have similar it's Michelle Yeoh in that movie as well in Crouching Tiger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, that's kind of also just like an homage to her body of work. Yeah. Exactly. And her skill set. And they do actually show literal like runway or um like red carpet. Yes. Clips yeah, from of her from probably car- pro- oh what Mul- is it multiple, from? multiple yeah from multiple parts of her career so that's yeah. actually very interesting that they they literally show the real life actress yeah yeah they do cut to that um, yeah I think I like the the um, for Spider Verse the the I guess references they're I, both films had to be made when they were made uh, the mm-hmm. versions we saw are every movie has a timestamp on it but yeah. like having a reference to Ratatouille in a movie in tw- that came out in 2022, like mm-hmm. that's natural and, and also, but that wouldn't have been made X number of years ago. And yeah. then Spider-Man, I, what they did with it was tongue in cheek and self-aware enough where they kind of had to, mm-hmm. but also that, that felt more obligatory. Whereas I think everything everywhere all at once was more so for, uh, artistic slash you know i think the filmmakers what they look to in, in style of what they wanted and mm-hmm. also for the actors but yeah, yeah i can't really well tell me on that it's funny because i i do think the references to the sam raimi spider-man movies um i think they still work even if you are even if you weren't aware of the existence of those movies yeah mm-hmm. it would still just read as him being like him him describing other adventures that he has had as Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it does still work on that level, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ratatouille reference, though, is really interesting because I just, I don't know if it thematically has much to do with the movie. It's just a really funny joke. Yeah. yeah. It, and it was a throwaway. For, yeah. And, it, and then it comes in. Yeah. yeah. To me, if it's, I mean, it in general, you need a bunch of different universes to do what this thing is, movie's doing at that moment, which is, yeah. you know, all stories are like colliding. But it to me, it always read something about, and I think Spider-Verse is doing this too in its own way, just like about the universality of stories. Yeah. You know, having, you know, the Rakakuni and the Wong Kar Wai movies hit the exact same beats at the exact same time. It just, it speaks to me as just sort of like how, like you know, all kinds of movies can kind of like affect you. All kinds of movies can kind of tell the same stories. Yeah. Um, kind of like, whereas in Spider-Man, it's, I mean, Spider-Man, the whole thing is like anybody can be Spider-Man. And like yeah. that's why he yeah. matters to people. Yeah. So like having that diff- all these different kinds of people be Spider-Man and referencing all the different kinds of ways Spider-Man has existed, like it's a more limited thesis, but it matters a lot to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean, I don't know. I don't. I'm not like I said, not a Spider-Man guy. Yeah, I just I was just kind of thinking. Do you think the Rakakuni joke like works if you aren't aware of Ratatouille? I mean, it's so like universally known, but like. Do you necessarily know what the hell's going on with him pulling the hair? I don't know. I mean, so what's weird about it is that she, Rakakuni, it's because she gets, Ratatouille also exists in universe. 
Because yeah. she says she's misremembering yes. Ratatouille, no, yes. yeah, for and sure. then that universe also exists. But they don't describe the plot of Ratatouille. Like she kind of does. Yeah, she, she does says very the, briefly. The, the raccoon who controls the chef. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe, maybe if you like, I guess you just have to like be really <laughs> on it, like picking up what, <laughs> Which is what tough. The, pick up like a pretty quick dialogue <laughs> moment mm-hmm. to understand what the hell is happening I'm in the latest. Curious about the Venn diagram of people who have have not seen Ratatouille and have seen this movie. And I would love to get that yeah, perspective. Yeah, yeah. Because also, you, it's possible to be aware of Ratatouille without knowing about, like, you know, he's controlling it with the hair. Yeah. If you just missed it when it came out or you just don't give a shit about kids' movies and you're just like, oh, yeah, there is a there is a Pixar movie with a rat. It's the same thing with the Sam Raimi stuff. Like, yeah. I don't remember every moment, but, like, those are trailer moments of, of holding the train yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or, or dancing yeah. or things like that. Of, mm-hmm. of, like, I know what... The Incredibles is without having seen The Incredibles. I know what Ratatouille is without yeah. seeing Ratatouille. Yeah, and I mean, there's enough visual cues to understand kind of that he's controlling him somehow. Like, he, he appears to be like a puppet, so you can figure it out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, but that's true. It might come off as even more... But at that point in the movie, it's all the movie's already so off the rails mm-hmm. in, like, yeah. the right way. that Like, you see that, and you're like, sure. Yeah. hot Like, hot dog fingers. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> hot dog fingers isn't referencing anything. It's just funny. It does have a 2001 reference. Oh, it does. Yeah, well, yeah. To I mean, explain which, which why, you don't need, but I mean, you don't need to know 2001 at all. But that's kind of fun, mm-hmm. right? Which is funny. It explains why people have hot dog fingers because the hot yes. dog finger monkeys kill the regular finger yes. monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Also, I just laughed so hard at Michelle Yeoh's physical acting of just her arms, her hands dropping when she gets the hot dog yes, fingers. Yes, right. so funny. Yeah, so she's funny. just. I mean, not not a hot take. She's really good at physical acting. She's great at everything. She's yeah, good, at all, she's, good at all acting. She's, yeah, she's really good at physical. Yeah. Acting. Hey, quick actor talk. Yeah, seems like the time, Michelle Yeoh. Good. Incredible. Yeah. Fantastic. So funny. So no good. Notes. No Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. No notes. Um, uh, Kikwan, we talked about just hitting every different beat. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. hitting it's just because also like in the one car Y version of him, he's so cool. Oh, yeah. And it's just so such a sharp contrast to his kind of dorky lovable character in the primary universe. Yeah. 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 They both and that and they both do most of their own stunts. Which oh, is, yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and a lot of the fanny pack nunchuck stuff Mm -hmm. that was all him that's great yeah and i think it was a few of the flips weren't him but they do most of their physical stuff which is awesome yeah uh and stephanie shu great also very i i don't i my her take on what um jobu tapaki talks like Mm -hmm. i occasionally found it like a little bit arch and like made me like cringe a little bit but it's kind of on purpose so it's kind of hard for me to like differentiate whether i don't like this acting choice or it's just something that's like supposed to make me feel this way it felt of a piece with the character to me yeah because like her whole thing is like nothing matters yeah why should i care about whether or not i sound cool or look cool or anything yeah like do whatever i want at any moment because i've completely given up yeah on everything so i don't have to deal with the expectations and like having a very being very affected and doing kind of affected things is part of that character so it's kind Mm -hmm. of just like i probably it might just be that thing where like i don't think she's doing bad acting i think it's just i wouldn't want to hang out with jobu tupaki yeah (laughs) fair fair I think I, I love Stephanie Shu in this role, and yeah. and and the, and I and she's you know relatively newer actor mm-hmm. in the scene, but she was in a se- I'm behind a season of Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, but she's she, in Maisel. she's in in that show, and mm-hmm. I didn't recognize it. Like she plays two different people at two different ages and two different time periods. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's incredible. And I just thought just seeing what she was, and and literally I think that's what it is with everybody in in this specific movie of having them play such different sides even james i mean we're going to get to the the rest yeah. of jamie, lee jamie lee cortez and, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and james and james hong yeah, yeah. they're both but, being uh, able to change 
Yeah, and then so well. yeah, and she's doing so much work. It's just like very traditional dramatic acting. Yeah, especially in the um the very the very emotional sequence in the parking lot during yeah. the New Year's party. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just like very strong, just like just dead, like just like straightforward drama acting. Yeah. Oh yeah, and like that's what what the core of the movie ends up being. Mm-hmm. Like, that is like if, if there is a um like like if there's a launching point for why this movie happens like emotionally. The, yeah. the point I keyed in on was uh, where it's like after they they tell Gong Gong, uh, James Hong's character, that yeah, he's, he's so good. He's, <laughs> so we'll, good. We'll have a whole James yes. Hong side, yeah, I yeah. promise. Um, you know, that that it's like Becky is just her friend and not her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that is like, you know, the inciting incident. But then uh, Evelyn follows her out of the car and then, you know, she, you can tell she wants to say something like kind. Yeah. yeah. And she says, you have to eat healthier. You're getting fat. Yeah. And like that's. The whole movie launched for there, and also like Stephanie Shu was so good in that scene, mm-hmm. just like the disappointment on her face. And then you're right, then it, it all flips back around when they have another scene in the exact same parking lot. Like, yeah, everything in this movie like fits so well for a movie that is just a fucking. It's just a bunch of jigsaw puzzles that flying through the air. Yeah, basically. and it's all really relatable. And yeah. it's just it comes down to a mother daughter relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's why because the, there's a version of this movie that is just silly and fun and is still great. Yes, but yeah. the movie the version of this movie that is so keyed into what the emotionality of these characters are is the one we got. And it's why it's fucking fantastic. So yeah. We're talking about two five-star movies here. This yeah. is great. Yeah. <laughs> that it, hey, it, it is the first, um, I, when I, I'm relatively new to Letterboxd compared to you guys, but mm-hmm. um, I would always rate them, but never write a review. And mm-hmm. I, this was the first movie I wrote a review for, which is just, this is my favorite movie of all time. That's great. Yeah. And that was that was all. I is this really your favorite movie of all time? Um, no, but it's definitely <laughs> now. It's in the, so you lied on Letterboxd. <laughs> at the time, I was really hot headed. Oh uh, yeah, um, but it, it's up there. Yeah, but, it's very very good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, when you walk out of this movie, you're like, "This is the best movie ever." Yes, it's yes, yes. One of those movies that just has that effect. I mean, Spider Verse also it's a very similar effect. Yeah, yeah. No, when it you're does. when you're done with it, you're just like, <sighs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Same with all the prequels of star wars yes yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. one our original idea to have danny on if i remember we were going to do uh, godfather part two and empire uh, and attack of the clones attack of the clones uh, yes. yes but i didn't really want to rewatch the godfather, godfather part, part two, two. <laughs> I, I had seen it within the last year that is, yeah that is the most insane part of that whole movie. <laughs> i'll watch attack of the clones any day of the week <laughs> but not the godfather, well, the godfather part, part two. two took a lot out of me yeah uh, Rise of a Villain was the idea, which yes. I think would have been really fun. Right. Yes. Um, would have been really tough to talk about. <laughs> I would have just, yeah, I would have been silent on all the Godfather stuff. What if we just did just the De Niro flashbacks? So just like the 25 minutes or so that is just like for actually the Rise of the Villain versus all of Attack on the Club. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to like edit it together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, Jamie Lee Curtis as uh, Deirdre Bobirdra. That's her name? That's her last name? Yeah, you see it on her award, on her butt plug award. <laughs> oh, butt plug award. It's so funny. And her, it's funny. Yeah, the butt plug thing is like, it just seems like a throwaway joke. They look like butt plugs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it comes back. <laughs> the physical comedy that, similar to Michelle Yeoh, that Jamie Lee Curtis can do, and also just the way she holds her body. Oh, yeah, yeah from, over. from Yeah, the hunched over to sucking in and, mm-hmm. and, and becoming this strong, powerful person. And 
and staple and then from when and she's when she wakes up from getting stapled <laughs> so she staples herself yeah. she wakes up and she goes did you staple me it's yeah. the funniest because right, so she, she, she's so mean when she's being like you know a bureaucrat but, right. you, but then, you know, when, when Michelle Yeoh punches her and you're like oh right she's just like an old lady she, yeah. the yeah, I, I, she has this brace on her hand she yeah. probably gets a lot of shit yeah yeah and it's a nice turnaround where they have the conversation outside That's, yeah. yeah again that's just the, the confidence of the movie that like yeah no one is a villain just like anybody can connect with each other yeah like like Wayman talking to her and then them yeah and also about beat I love she she teaches Michelle Yeoh how to vape yes yeah, like, yes yeah. that was very yeah. funny kind of really heartwarming yeah it yeah. was it was a nice little something she's moment. clearly passionate about but doesn't talk about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was willing to like meet Michelle Yeoh there with it yeah, yeah. Uh, James Hong the legend he uh, everything. I like he's a staple of everyone's lives because he's just in everything, and then you forget that he's in everything. Yeah, he's been in I think like hundreds of credits. He just got his uh, star on the Walk of Fame he did. this yep. past year. Yeah, which well deserved. Yeah, uh, I think he's in his nineties. Yeah, he was. I think he's like ninety three. He's either yeah. ninety one or ninety three. He's doing great for ninety three. And yeah, yeah. yeah, I he was he plays uh, in American Born Chinese. Mm-hmm. He he plays the like king of the gods of the ancient Chinese gods, and he's still him. He's still like laughing like an old crazy man in character because he's and and he, he, the entire uh all those scenes are fully in mandarin mm-hmm. but he's just like so in it and he's decked out and he's amazing yeah and he's just but in this i mean just seeing the the difference from him in the wheel in the motorized wheelchair mm-hmm. and taking the and trying to kill joy yeah i'm just like oh my god he can do anything yeah oh, yeah I think, Sorry, yeah. Oh, just the intro to his character when he walks out and starts yelling about food. I just laughed really fucking hard. He's, He's very so funny. good at that. Yeah. He, uh, I, I think I read an interview with the Daniels where they talked about when they were like first talking with him about the role and they mentioned that like he basically like in, in real life, he's absolutely like sharp as a tack still. Yes. And like basically, he just like turned on the like doddering old man thing. Yeah. And then I like, got a mo- mo- drop of a hat, just like went right back to just being like funny as shit and like yeah. totally yeah. got what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, he's the best. Yeah, he's so great. good in this movie. I like. I mean, you gotta love the confidence of guy at ninety three who's just like, yeah, I'll put on like a giant robot suit made out of computers. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah, I understand what this multiverse movie is <laughs> yeah. about. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Do we? Is there anyone else on there? Jenny. I, Jenny. I was Slate. about to bring up Jenny, Jenny Slate. Slate. Yeah. yeah. Feels like just Jenny sort of Slate like in two Oscar nominated movies this year. That's yeah. True. She yeah. kind of feels like one of her her character from Kroll Show. What is the um. Remember, it's like the the Jennies or, or not the Jenny. There's the, the Liz. The Liz. Liz. Yeah, she yeah. feels kind of like the Liz character from Crawl Show yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I mean, I didn't watch Crawl Show. Oh, uh, I've only good. seen a few sketches, but um, Rich, seen that Rich one. Dix is good. Bobby Ball Service is good. I remember being very overwhelming, like similar to everything everywhere I want. Yeah. It didn't have like distinct skids; would just sort of jump around from character to character. They're very I mean. similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jenny Slate's great. Yeah. Um, love. Love that she's only referred to as Big Nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, hate it, but love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having having been that person too. Yeah. Also, I, I when they introduced her, I thought like, oh, she's gonna be like the villain of this movie, just because like you know she's yeah. in her own world, whatever. But she shows up at she the, goes to the party. She goes to the party. Yeah, yeah I she, love that. Even she, who's just sort of like this very inner old world like rich lady, is just like, yeah, sure, I'll go to their fucking party at the laundromat. <laughs> yeah, she's like never really rude or mean to anybody. She just wants her. Laundry. Right. She's just like <laughs> off putting personally. Yeah. <laughs> she comes off as difficult, but she just, yeah, she's just there. And she even like gets the ticket. She's yeah. like, oh, right. I need a ticket. And then she's yeah. yelling at the person on the phone. Yeah. 
I know. Because it's funny, like, you're expecting her to be an asshole customer, and she never really is. She just kind of has the tone of one. Right. Until she, her dog is used as like a lasso or... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. But then they, when they disconnect the leash and the dog was flying yeah. across the cubicles, one of the, so funny. Very guttural laugh. Yes. <laughs> very deep laugh. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, just speaking of other great moments that I laughed at, uh, the introduction of James Hong's uh, like alpha version, mm-hmm. where like basically like Jobu Tabaki is about to kill Evelyn, and he just like runs her yeah. <laughs> like Looney Tune style like runs her over with the uh, wheelchair and like throws her through a wall and yes. like, quick, really quickly comes back yeah. yeah fucking great so funny yeah also it looks like he there's like a little reference to I think Back to the Future Part 2 in there because he has like the little um, the 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 power the thing that powers the car that runs on garbage I think he has yeah, that in the oh, back of his wheelchair yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in general uh, you know the Daniels whole style is very like lo-fi it's very like like it, it, they get a lot of mileage out of like very basic like effects, uh, like yeah, but they do them well. Exactly, like like so much of the effects. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of actual like complex visual effects works in this mo- in everything everywhere all at once. But they also get a lot of mileage out of just like pointing a projector at Michelle Yeoh's face, like or just like turning the lights on on and off really really fast whenever mm-hmm. like they're like jumping universes yeah. and stuff. Like the machinery feels very like. Michelle Gondry like like tactile yeah mm-hmm. in all the design it's just a really effective way like it's a style I really appreciate like every, uh, Swiss Army Man was the exact same way mm-hmm. I feel like yeah well mm-hmm. this movie actually is like it's it's wild how this movie is actually like very economical I feel like in terms of like the use of its budget where yeah. like it really only has like three major sets right there's the office there's the laundromat and the apartment yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really it. They're, they have like a lot of small cuts to other things, right. yeah. but those are mostly just like dressing like the back of a room where it's like green screen stuff. Yeah. Um, and also they do so much work with the lighting for when they are flipping through universes. Cause it looks like they just have like a light panel that they have with like a spinning light on it. Yeah. And, uh, and they're also doing a lot of like flickering of just like the actual diegetic lights in yeah. rooms mm-hmm. and a lot of just like kind of colored lights that are like implying that like verse jumping is happening and kind of creating the kind of like, you know, magical sci-fi feeling. Yeah. But it's really just like clever lighting effects and then redressing a couple sets and a couple like very small like corner sets. Mm-hmm. And it's wild how much they, how huge this movie feels when they're actually, it seems like there's actually very little going on in terms of like how much they're spending on these sets. It's simple. Yeah. It's practical and simple stuff. And then the, the CG or, or effects that they do use are pretty like, standard stuff that use that's used well yeah yeah it's never like the marvel thing of you know the any big budget thing of like showing off look how much we can just put on screen it's very much like using the special effects to like make it all feel seamless or leaning into the practicality of it yeah yeah and also just like the movie feels so big because it is big in concept not because yeah. it is big and like budget or like what you were necessarily visually seeing. Although it is also it is yeah. also very maximalist. Yeah, but it just feels huge because it's establishing establishing this huge universe and it's using economical ways to like hint at it. Yeah, there's um, <clears throat> I saw right after the Oscar noms came out on Twitter, there was um, one of the Daniels. I think Daniel Kwan posted it or or someone retweeted a tweet of his from years ago saying these two are Oscar nominated and it's a video of them doing it's like a minute and a half short like sketch mm-hmm. of their roommates and um 
what's the other one's name? Not Quan. Shinehart. Shinehart is is asleep in bed, and Quan uh, sets up the camera, pulls down his pants, and bare ass goes to like fart on him, <laughs> and wakes him up, and he freaks out, and he shoves his whole foot into his ass. <laughs> and then it gets stuck. I look it up. You should watch it. And he basically his foot is stuck inside Quan. And then he's they're like what are you doing and this this whole comedy of like wait, you're stuck inside me and then he gets his other foot stuck and then they're dragging each other around until they like fully envelop each other. And it's like a 90 second bit that is like them to a T that use their breadth of knowledge and skill and yeah. direction to do that and it's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I, I just as the Oscars get, you know, as as the the Academy changes and as like taste change, I like every once in a while there's you get those like I can't believe these people are Oscar nominated. Like, like the, ten, three, the three six mafia effect. The three six mafia was a big one. Uh, Trent, when Trent Reznor won his first Oscar, yeah, uh, yeah, that was a big one. It's like oh, I can't believe like fucking Pretty Hate Machine, Nine Inch Nails just won an Oscar. Yeah, uh, these uh, guys like Kobe Bryant won an Oscar. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's moment of silence for Kobe Bryant. Yeah, yeah that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'll e- cut that out. Every time that we just can't think of something to say, it'll just be a moment, moment of, of silence, silence for, for Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pour one off of Kobe in Cooper's bedroom. <laughs> yeah. No! The rug! <laughs> nice Where rug. did you get a 40? <laughs> it's a nice rug. It's yeah, a nice thank rug. you. Thank yeah. you. Ruggable? So where are you going? No, it's uh, West Elm. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I'm okay. a fancy bitch. Okay, someone, someone <laughs> splurged on a rug. Yeah, it's too much money for how much I like what that. this rug is. Uh, a little actor talk on um, Spider-Verse. Yeah. Uh, big meta comment on this movie. Uh, I Sometimes with voice acting, celebrity voice acting, it's very much like, oh, that's Seth Rogen or... Uh, Chris <laughs> Pratt, yeah, that's the Chris Pratt, and yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's my Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a me. Whereas this movie, it feels like Jake Johnson's the most recognizable. Yes, but it, they really, they really just like feel like the characters. There was very few moments in this movie where I was really like consciously felt like I was listening to like a, a celebrity voice. You know, yeah. it was much closer to the Pixar side of the spectrum than the DreamWorks. Yeah, I had to look up. Um, Leah Schreiber, I had to look up. Initially, I had to look up Catherine Hahn. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I know these, I like remember them. But still, after multiple watches, a few of these people I didn't um, didn't recognize yeah. at first listen. But I yeah. agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shamik Moore as Miles is great. Yeah, he's very great. Good. Anchors the movie. What well, else is he in? I feel like this is his thing. This is his big thing. Certainly yeah. his breakout, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker, who, just want to point out, Jewish. Yeah, you see his wedding. You Christ, see his Christ. wedding. Oh, yeah. 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 That is something he does. Step on glass. Yeah, because yep. there actually is kind of a discourse among some nerds of like, is Peter Parker canonically Jewish? Uh, because he's like, you know, he's from the same part of Queens where like Stanley grew up, and like his a lot of this like life is not like dissimilar. So like, it, they never say it, but there's like some people who just kind of hold the torch, like, yeah, maybe. But then they made him exclusively Jewish in this one, and yeah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's a co- uh, complaint I have. Sorry, uh, tangent, but. Um, the only Marvel character that I know of that's canonically Jewish is uh, Mark Spector of Moon Knight, mm-hmm. but mm. uh, in the comics. But in the TV show, they graze over it like it's it's not even mentioned. And he has a yarmulke in a flashback on some holiday, and then 
my whole I watch either of you watch that series? Uh no. no. Okay. Please go on. I'm not no. going to. Don't don't watch it, but or do, but all, all my, my my whole <laughs> Those are your options. I'm getting mixed signals here. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I, I, I did enjoy it. Um, but my biggest complaint is you have your one Jewish superhero and then you have the whole thing about ancient Egypt. I'm like, there's a lot of complicated stuff yeah. there. <laughs> like yeah. kind of talk, if it's all about Egyptian gods and he's the one Jewish superhero, <laughs> either mention it or don't make him Jewish and make Peter, uh, make Peter, Peter Parker or Spider-Man Jewish. Right. Um, yeah. But having uh, it all be ancient Egypt and the one Jew, it's kind of like, okay, we, well, you should talk about Some it. Some stuff went more. down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I know. I am. Yeah, should, should we sit down and do you have Haggadahs? Should we? <laughs> quick Seder, quick Seder, quick Seder. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jake Johnson's great. We talked about it already. Yeah. Uh, oh, good was, schlubby performance. Why is this? Why is this podcast episode different from all other podcast episodes? Nice. <laughs> yes, that's good. That's okay, good. I'm sorry. It no, would be great, great if it was anywhere near uh, Passover, huh. but yeah, we're two-ish months away, two and a half months away. It's like mid-April. Right, uh, early April this year. Oh, that's what I was told okay. by the boss, my mother. The boss. <laughs> Are you going? You going back for Passover? I am. I am because of our grandmother asking me, and I said, "Sure." It's fair. Yeah, it's yeah. a good, solid She's, reason. She hasn't asked me. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll Facetime in. I'll do the stick. I It'll also would. It'll have been like more than six months since I've been home, so it, it felt like the time. That's right. fair. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. We, there's a song you sing at Passover. Yeah. Where it's all about like uh, someone buys like a goat and like a bunch of shit goes down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, and it's in uh, a bunch of parts and and it's all about, yes. About it's the, like along came the dog that bit the goat and then someone plays the dog and they go like, woof. And along came the cat that scared the dog and you kind of like build on it. Okay. Uh, and uh, for the past, I think, 10 or so years, it's got to be face- more at this point. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. FaceTime yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing it for like 20 years. For, but forever. Forever. Yeah. But uh, since I have not been to a theater in a long time, usually at college or in Los Angeles, I FaceTime in or Skype in, and my role is the stick. Oh, what does the stick do? The stick beats the dog. Nice. Oh, yeah. Wait, sorry. I, I talked over it. Let's hear it one more time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got it. it. So I basically, I've, I've, every year I FaceTime in for like five minutes. We sing a song and I just sit there like <laughs> while everyone else sings. We all have speaking parts and Josh's is a stick. It's which, just always been the stick. Yeah, He's always been a Foley guy. Yeah. <laughs> what is your role? What are you? I'm doing? the youngest, so I always you, play the kid. I always play the, 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 the sheep. The goat. Yeah, the yeah. kid. Yeah, the goat. That your father bought for two Zim. Zim. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I always started. And then it goes in age order so that... Grammy can be uh, the holy one, blessed be she. Yes. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's yes. How we, yes. That's <laughs> how it ends. Uh, this has been Jew Talk with... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, learning, I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of movies that are like about Jews. <laughs> I have a I have a pitch for you guys. Okay. No, after after this, after after right, this. Okay. So I like getting the talk in when we can. In this case, the launching point being one split second shot of someone crushing a, a bottle at a wedding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jake Johnson very good in this movie. Oh yeah, I love Jake Johnson. He's <laughs> one of my favorite one of my favorite comedic actors. Uh, not good. not a Jew playing a Jew. Oh, Jake Johnson not Jewish. Johnson? He comes off as like his vibe is very Jewish. So does Zachary Levi, but he's not a Jew. Zachary Levi's not Jewish? I found that out this 
the, because of him <laughs> tweeting about anti-vax stuff and transphobic stuff. Oh, not a Jew. And then I looked, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have all of the vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> Point of pride. This, Point is like of pride. That, this is like that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where he finds out his lawyer isn't Jewish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I could be wrong. Jake Johnson does give off the vibe. But I think you're probably right. Just, but I, Johnson's not a Jewish. He's man. very neurotic. That's all. Yeah, he's a very good yeah, neurotic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Chris Pine as Peter, the, the dead Peter Parker. Really good. Great. Yeah. In it for like two seconds, but like I was like, wow, this is the only time I've been like inspired by a Spider-Man on screen. Mm-hmm. And but like it helps. I, I think the perspective helps that you're yeah. seeing him through the eyes of a fan. Yeah. 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 Do you, gun to your head. Which one's Chris Pine? Wait. You mean? No, like which Chris is Chris Pine? What's another thing Chris Pine's in? Oh fuck! I know. Okay, wait, wait. He wait, doesn't know the difference between wait, the Chris's. No, no, no. He's in the he's in the Star Treks. Yeah. There you go. He's yeah. learning. Yeah. I would have said Princess Diaries too. The Royal Engagement. You'd be right. I w- I know oh. I'm right. Gosh, <laughs> I love the Princess Diaries. I mean, yeah, you could say Morgan Freeman's in that. I believe you. Like, <laughs> he's not. He's not. Uh, Haley Steinfeld as uh, Gwen Stacy. Very good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert! Everyone's very good. Everyone's yeah. good in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Mahershala Ali. I think we talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very uh, serious actor. Yeah. Uh, also, the, like, the fucking characters on a prowler. His character is so fucking good. I know we talked about. Yeah, that, that character is like such a nothing in the comics. It's, it's funny because Rocket Boots is often such a hacky move, and it it, it works really well in this. Yeah. I think it's maybe because he kind of crashes into stuff a lot. He's yeah. like his physicality is very like rough and tumble, and it kind of. Feels he's less tryhardy. Yeah, we never and we never get like a full intro to the villain, to him as the villain. He's just there. He's just Uncle Aaron, and then he's just like there, and we don't know all of the connect, and we don't need it. But yeah, it's, just, it's there's a lot of. I don't even remember when they like, call him Prowler, other than like Miles just knows it. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, yeah. I I actually don't didn't know that he was called Prowler. I yeah. just called him mean mean Uncle Aaron. Mean Uncle Aaron. <laughs> mean Uncle Aaron. <laughs> mean Uncle. Aaron. Uh, the. The sound cue. I mean, the sound design in this movie is, is like next level in general. Mm, yes. uh-huh. And actually, I would say for both these movies, yeah. I think really the sa- like sound is sort of how you like stitch scenes together. Yeah. So you so necessary in both of them. The 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 prowler music cue, like that siren noise. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it so stresses eerie. you out. Yeah. Oh, it I is love it. incredible. Yeah. So good. Let that guy kill one medium person who. <laughs> <that people>. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's got a body count. It yeah. Does. It does. <laughs> Uh, who else we got? We got Brian, Brian Tyree Henry. Henry. Good uh, at everything. It, it kind of. <laughs> I was very surprised that that character's name was Jefferson Davis. Yeah, it's I just, a bit odd. Didn't see that coming. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that and that's the well, that's the biggest point of confusion for me is his. He has that. I guess he has takes his mom's last name. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're not married. Maybe. Yeah. It's unclear. Hey. Or maybe his mom just didn't take his dad's name. Yeah. Hey, that I also happens. It. Yeah. I mean, progressive. Love it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yes. I also support this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, on both uh, on both movies, great. You know, minority stories, minority driven stories that we we have we wouldn't have seen ten years ago. Yeah. So oh yeah. That. That's yeah, a yeah. Good thing that we got with both of them. Yeah. Moment of silence for Kobe Bryant. Moment of silence <laughs> for Kobe Bryant. <laughs> um, Lily Tomlin, Aunt May. Okay, got to got to shout out Lily Tomlin, who Very is good. the greatest. Yeah, she is the greatest, so, and yeah, star of this. Her her line reading of Liv when she sees Doc Ock is fucking devastatingly good. <laughs> you can just tell, just like, just like when 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 an old lady's got a grudge, yeah. and you just feel it all in that yep. one line. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, 
uh, let's see. Uh, some, I mean, Luna Lauren Velez as uh, Miles's mom, not in it much. Zoe Kravitz as Mary Jane. Yeah, no, not honestly, in it much. would never have known unless, no, except when yeah, I looked at either, um, yeah. IMDb. Both good, but like these are like very small. Yeah, they, they, they really just don't have a lot of lines. No. Yeah. Uh, John Mulaney as he's Peter the Parker. One, he's he the one who I know much like that, that year, like every time he's on screen, I'm actually picturing John Mulaney and yeah. not this yeah. pig. Or yeah. Andrew Glauberman from yeah. Big Mouth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but he's excellent. Nick yeah. Cage is great. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Great as, uh, choices Spider-Man for these two to bring him in. Yeah. Nick Cage is kind of doing similar thing he did in Kick-Ass a little bit, like playing off himself yes. and his vibe. But like he's, I think, such a... I can't believe I'm saying this, but Nicolas Cage is such a smart actor that I think he like, knows that he's Nicolas Cage and he's 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 calibrating the cage. Isn't that exactly the whole right. um, what's it called the community? Um, no, no, no. The, unbearable weight of incredible yes, yeah. talent. Yes. Yeah, yeah, massive talent. Ma- yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's very good. Yeah, great plane watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, great plane watch. It's great on a four inch screen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I'm sure it's great on a normal size screen. Yeah, but yeah. I watched that on a plane and I enjoyed. I mean, I love Pedro Pascal too. So I just oh yeah, great he's movie. great. Yeah, 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 Last of Us. Oh, we'll we'll talk. Oh yeah, we'll talk. yeah. Everyone's we'll, freaking out. Oh yeah. my god, everyone. No, no one can handle it. <laughs> no one can handle it <laughs> for different reasons. Uh, Catherine Hahn, we talked about. She's great. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Leah Schreiber is so fucking good as Kingpin. Yes, and I would never have known. Oh yeah, he's not yeah. there. So good. He just disappears in the roles. Yeah, he's so fucking good in this yeah. movie. Uh, very scary. It's tough. Like I said, sometimes Kingpin's just a big fat guy and he's not scary. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes you get a Leah Schreiber or a uh, um, what's his fucking name who plays him oh, in, in Daredevil. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. Dom Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. That's and good. they just yeah. absolutely like tear into that role. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and they're fucking great. And that's uh, most of the people in this movie. The other weird one is Jorma Tacone plays Green Goblin. Yeah. For some yeah. reason. Well, it, well, it, um, uh, Ronnie Rothman and. Lord and Miller are like all best friends with Lonely Island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that yeah. tracks. So Yorman and uh, I'm sure Akiva is in there too somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the last one, Post Malone apparently is a bystander in Brooklyn. Good for him. Good soundtrack. Might yeah. as well bring him in. Yeah. Great yeah. soundtrack. That's the great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just love that it be- begins with him just singing along with Sunflower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I love Posty. I'm, I worry about him often, but <laughs> I hope he's doing okay. And if he needs any help, I'm here for him. But... Pour one out. Yeah, this has like a great. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't. We're, we He's can't, alive. We're gonna preemptively, preemptively pour <laughs> one out for Posty. On your feels like that feels like I don't want to put that evil on Posty, man. Hey, hey, we had a conversation on my podcast about four months ago, and um, one of um, my someone on on the podcast mentioned uh, we brought up Aaron Carter, and she asked if Aaron Carter was alive, and we said yes, and. Two months later, he died. So um, pour oh. one out for Posty. I guess. No, no, <laughs> guys, we need to protect Posty. It's never too early to if pour one out. If it's said on a podcast, it happens to in two months, two to four months. Yeah, if you die in a podcast, you, you die, die in real life. life. <laughs> so uh, another, another. I don't know if I, it's right to say that it's a theme, but definitely a topic that. These movies specifically, and also I think kind of inherently any multiverse movie deals with it just like regret and how people deal with feelings of regret and how and just like how a multiverse allows you to create a like literalized version of that kind of feeling that you always have when you do something you regret where you want to go back and change it. Yeah. And how this like literalizes that feeling. And I think everything everywhere at once is like very like textually about that a lot like that's most of what Evelyn's arc is is about how she has so many regrets so many choices that she could have made and then 
um, Enter the Spider Verse, Into the Spider Verse is a little bit less about it, but it does have like one character is kind of like the nexus of that theme, which is Peter B. Parker, mm-hmm. which is that he screwed up his relationship with his wife. He kind of like let himself go a little bit. They joke about that. They, his career didn't go where he wanted. He made bad financial choices. And then he sees... Yeah, the, spi- the spider restaurant. Yeah, the spider <laughs> yeah. restaurant. And then he sees the version of himself that didn't make any of those mistakes. And he mm-hmm. sees like... He sees like when you think back and you think, oh, if I did this differently, how would it turn out? He actually gets to fit, like see that in this new world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the example of, you know, multiverse as a deal- way of dealing with regret. So I just thought that'd be... Thoughts? Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what I think is so smart about... I mean, yeah, multiverse, you're always like... So you could you could use it to explore like kind of basic shit, or you could do like kind of like you know an Elseworld story, or uh, uh, you know Man in the High Tower, Man in the High Tower, Man in the High Castle, 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 Nazi one, the yeah. Nazi one, yeah. yeah, like what if Nazis, what if not? That, well, they did, yeah. <laughs> what if more? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, what, what if more? What if still Nazis? What if still? They do, they do. What if Nazis? What if what if Nazis in the government? Nope, no, 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 no. Maybe All right, we're, we're, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Bail, bail. This bail. is high battle. Speaking of Nazis in a government, that was a great exchange in uh, The Last of Us. Yeah, oh, that yeah, was yeah, hilarious. Yeah, hilarious bit in The Last of Us. Um, Wait, okay, you were talking about Man yeah, in the High yeah. Castle. Oh, so more emotionally, you're right. The core of telling a story about alternate paths is yes. you say like, what could have been, and then by thinking about by coming to peace with what could have been, you can come to peace with what is. Yeah, it's basically the Family Man. Okay. You the Family Man? Maybe. <laughs> I have not. All right, enlighten us, Josh. <laughs> I believe it's Nicholas Cage or John Keys. I used to forget, confuse the two. The Family Man. Uh, it's about a guy who like is like a rich guy, and then he like wakes up in an alternate universe where he's like instead of instead of choosing a career, he chose like a family. Oh, okay. And like he, I guess in that one he probably chooses family based on what kind of movie that is. Yeah. Anyway, I was just I was thinking of a movie that's like not very good, directed by a canceled man, as like a, a funny bad example. Yeah. As a joke. Okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I didn't realize you didn't know about the family, man. <laughs> yeah. But no. But, but yeah, like the, the regret the, is the, 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 the desi- emotion. Yeah. The desire to go to an else world is fueled by regret. Like if you le- led a perfect life where you made, you made no decisions that you perceived as wrong, you would mm-hmm. never have the desire to even explore whether there were other universes because you were in right. the perfect one. So mm-hmm. like regret and like multiverses are kind of intrinsically linked, I think. Yeah. And well, I mean, and another thing Spider-Verse does about this is Wilson Fisk's whole uh Yeah, with his family. Yeah. Mo- motivation is that. I is, really is yeah, is regret. And it is him regretting a decision and how he went about things. He wants to get his family in a weird way, it's funny how these movies diverge because the one Wilson Fisk wants the power of the multiverse to just find his, his family yes. to just go back and get things back. I mean, he made mistakes and now he's just going to wants to go fix him. Yeah. Whereas Joe Butabaki is, I cannot handle making mistakes anymore. Yeah. I, so there has to be nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like such a deeper, like darker. And I guess, I guess to me kind of a more like understandable emotion. Cause like it, there's not really an equivalent to like, you know, if, if one of us made a mistake in our life, to be like, you can't go back in time. Mm-hmm. No. But we can all stop caring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can, like, actually embracing nihilism is an active choice we all choose, have, sometimes choose not to do yeah. on a daily basis, which I think makes everything everywhere such a really, that's the highbrow. That's, yeah. a, that's a point for the highbrow. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can, you can kind of spin it out where you're like, it's maybe a, like, fear of future regret. Yes. Is kind of something that 
fuel, can fuel nihilism? Because also, like, nihilism can be, there's, like, two sources of nihilism, I guess. There's, like, looking at the world and seeing how, like, random and pointless it is and just thinking, like, there's no way to explain this. It can't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other way where you're just, like, I, the only, like, it's a way to kind of, like, like make yourself feel better. And it's, like, nothing I do matters, so I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Or like the mistakes I made don't matter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in a way to insulate yourself from regret in a way where it's like, if nothing I do matters then I can't feel, I don't have to feel bad. Yeah. Which is something that, uh, Jobu does in both of those ways in yeah. this movie where it's like her massive consciousness of like these entire worlds. It makes her aware of like all these choices and how like they all exist. So they don't matter. And then also because she just doesn't want to hurt anymore because of this relationship with her mother, she chooses nihilism. She also chooses nihilism to like insulate herself from this feeling. Yeah. I think there's also this regret in, um, <clears throat> in both of them in the, uh, I guess, primary universes to take all the other universes outside, uh, like, uh, I guess erase those, but there's the regret of what to say and what not to say with your parent or child. And, yes. and as we mentioned with, mm-hmm the you know spider web on your face and you can't say i love you to your dad when you regret not saying it from the Mm get-go or you know you regret what you said to your daughter or what you said to your mom and things like that so i think that's also just like bare bones it's a it's a parent child regret yeah and there's 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 also that with the relationship between the two brothers of the uncle and the father yeah where they have this past relationship where they were close they used to like do the same things together just like you know tag subways and things and then they kind of they made a choice where the the dad, uh, Jefferson Davis, decided to <laughs> cannot. <laughs> Jefferson Davis decided to become president, uh, to become <laughs> a cop, and that like split it split this like brother brotherly relationship they had. Yeah, mm-hmm. and how and then finally like when his brother dies, it like it makes that split like permanent and final, and they know that no longer has any way to repair that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, stuff out there. Yeah. <laughs> Shit sucks, man. Shit sucks. Man. <laughs> um, any last wrap ups? Wrap last thoughts? Oh, you want to talk about the le- oh, the closing scene? Oh yes, I, they, they, oh good place to end at the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, both these movies, I think, have pretty cool, very very similar final shots. Whereas I think, although for different reasons, like like. So Spider-Verse ends, it's, you know, Miles is like, I'm Spider-Man, shit's great, I'm, I'm self-actualized, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And he lies in bed, and then, you know, the little bubble effects come in, yeah. and, like, you know, the universes are reaching out for him again. Yeah. Which, to me, is is pretty plot level. You know, it's very yeah. much, we're setting up the sequel. Yeah. Yes. There's gotta be more shenanigans. Yep. Uh, whereas they do the same kind of shot in Everything Everywhere, and here's the highbrow with it, is that it feels more thematic, whereas it's, it's still close up on her face, but like the sound design is like all the other universes kind of. Yes. Still. Yeah. To show that she's not like, she's happy where she is, but it's not like she's not, you're never going to stop thinking about anything else. You know, yeah, you don't. She, she hasn't cured herself of, you know, the, whatever, the pan dimensional beingness. Right. Which emotionally is, you know, you never, you're never going to stop thinking about what could have been. You're never going to stop regretting, but you can come to peace and live with the life you have. It yeah. basically it's a wonderful life. Yeah, it's like it, yeah, it's the optimism, <laughs> optimism versus nihilism, where it's like you have to just push those feelings down sometimes, and you gotta just live through it, and then by living, you will like eventually feel the way you want to feel. Yeah, do yeah. do laundry and taxes. Yeah, yeah, laundry's fine. I don't like doing taxes. 
<laughs> I prefer laundry than taxes. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, laundry's yeah. great. Yeah, I don't know. You, just get, you get out of, well, I mean, I get out of the house. I go to the laundromat, and then you come back, you fold clothes, you watch cartoons. Mm-hmm. You guys probably don't watch cartoons. You no. might. I don't know. You don't. No, not really. I mean, I, I watch cartoons, but that's not an exclusively laundry thing. Oh, not exclusively, but... <laughs> Every, okay, it's like Josh it's like, must do a lot of laundry. Yeah, it's a rectangle <laughs> square. It's like how, like you know, every time I do laundry, I watch cartoons. But every not every time I watch cartoons, I do laundry. Okay, okay. it's a, a one way. Okay, you know, situation. Do you, and you always pair those two together. Usually, just throw on something. But if if, if Jess is using the TV, I'll listen to a podcast. Okay. What okay. what cartoons are you, ta- are you talking? Like like Looney Tunes? Or are you talking about like something recent? No, I'll put on like Adventure Time, like oh, okay. Bob's Burgers. Okay, just some okay. chill. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were watching like Elmer Fudd look for a rabbit. No, they took them off. They, they took they took off the Looney Tunes from HBO Max. They took there's like a third of them on. Oh, they took they there's, saw some. Yeah, I okay. was actually looking at it yesterday, looking for a specific <laughs> for, for a specific <laughs> Looney Tunes episode, and they have like 15 seasons of them, but only like a third of the episode. So I had to fly. I had to go to fucking Daily Motion and watch it. It's yeah. exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Daily Motion. Uh. <laughs> This is our anti-plug for Daily Motion. <laughs> when you want to watch British a, a, TV, a, go to Daily Motion. A service I have no problem with. Yeah, I actually yeah, don't it's really, either. It's, it's, it's really useful. It's very useful. I, I watched watch so much of Steven Universe on that because like the Cartoon Network app was super buggy. At yeah, the time. yeah. I watch yeah. every all my British comedy shows I watch on Daily Motion. Hey, this, this reminds me. Remember Mega Video? Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. about Mega Video every once in a yeah. while. I'm like, remember when this was a huge part of our lives? And also, like, being able to find the goddamn play button was a skill that you had to oh, have. Yeah, oh, yeah. You God. just, like, analyze it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm pretty sure this is a virus, but it might be the play button. <laughs> <laughs> I keep in a spreadsheet of, like, which ones are usually the play button. Yeah. <laughs> Last thoughts on these movies? Good movies? Love them. Love them. Love them. Great, great movies. Yeah. Uh, you should watch them. And you should watch Spy Kids, too. The Island of Lost Dreams. The Island of Lost Dreams. It's very good. Also about regret. Uh, Steve yeah. Shemi seems pretty sad about it. He does. He yeah. does. Well, and, he's like, and afraid. you'll regret not seeing it. You're, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> the pole, that's the poll. That's the poll. It's like, is this a threat? <laughs> Thanks, Roper. <laughs> <laughs> the bus bench is just like, you will regret. Um, Would you like to play a game? Let's play a game. Oh, I love games. All right. This is the Letterboxd list game. We will. Letterboxd is a social media. Uh, app for logging movies you watched. Uh, we are going to find a user-generated list that contains one of the movies that we talked about today, and I am going to try to get the two of you to guess as many of the movies as possible. Uh, kind of catchphrase rules. I am not allowed to say director, actors, title, or quotes. quotes. And the list is visually insane in all caps with a bunch of emojis. Uh, asked, they asked Twitter, what's the most visually insane movie you've ever seen? And there were a bunch of answers. And I am uh, sorting it by... Oh, yeah, I'm just like, I'm doing all movies, movies that I've seen. seen. Movies yeah. I've seen, and I am going to shuffle it. There we go. Uh, feel free to join. I, I, I intend to. Okay. Uh, I hope, I, I <laughs> hope yeah. I've seen yes. some of these So movies. you guys... I'm sure you have. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you guys are a team, so yes. you can both shout it out. Love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got a minute and a half on the clock? Ready? Yep. Begin. Okay, it's a uh, musical with a flying car. Uh, Grease. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay, it is a it is like <laughs> a neo martial arts movie by a uh, very uh, like kind of affected director. It has ten movies. Is yeah, the first Kill Bill? One. Yeah, Volume One. Yeah, uh, it is okay. by by the directors who did another cyberpunk movie that was very famous, but is like a bad movie. Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, set in the Spanish Civil War. It's got a lot of like. Got a lot of Pants Labyrinth. Yeah. Uh it is a superhero movie with a 
uh, it's a superhero movie by like a very kind of twee director who does like very stylized stuff. Like uh, oh, uh, Ant Man? No, 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 no. It's an 80s, uh, 90s movie. Oh, oh, it is. Um, um, I can't say character names, but uh, okay, we're skipping. Superhero skip- movie from the nineties. Yes, it is the second one by this director, and this director does a lot of very like mannered stuff that's very stylized and like black and white and goofy and spirals. I got nothing. Okay, yeah, okay. A guy, a guy has uh, love and hate tattooed on his hands. Oh, uh, uh, Night of the Hunter. Yeah. Uh, it is a world in which animals are in a city. Baby pig in the city? No, it's Zootopia. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, it is a uh, it is a Disney movie animated. It's like a girl goes into like a wacky wacky world. I also wonder. Yeah. Uh, time. Okay. Inside Out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> also that. Uh, seven. Oh, what was the one we were missing? The mannered super. Batman Returns. Uh, I couldn't say Tim, Tim Burton. Burton. I was okay. so. I think of. I guess matter. I think if it was like more like twisty. I said spirals. You said spirals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't, don't. I wouldn't argue. Once with you that. said. Once you said twee, I was like all on like Wes Anderson. But he doesn't have a superhero. Though. That's why I was so okay. confused. <laughs> that would be such a weird Superman. Superhero yeah. Movie. I guess I was getting tripped up because I couldn't say Batman or Catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I also kind of forget that like Tim Burton did this. I'm not like a huge Burton guy. Yeah, I know. Which uh, is funny because you're a huge Batman guy. Huge Batman guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just huge. watched the Batman. Uh, oh yeah, fun. A few months ago, I like that movie. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's good. It's a plane watch. I fly a lot. Oh, I saw it like a really big. It's good with like a big sound system. I'm sure it is. It's like pretty like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I I trust that. But I can't <laughs> wait for part two. Yeah. That's yeah. what they just announced, the title? Yeah, the Batman part. And they're doing a different Batman movie that is not going to be Robert Pattinson. Yes. With, like, Damian Wayne, I think, is, like, the idea that they're doing it. They're doing, like, Robin, and it's going to be him. Or maybe that's a separate thing. I don't know. With Damon Wayne? Damian Wayne. Oh. Who, I thought I thought Damian Wayne <laughs> no, for a second. No, I was Damian like, Wayne's Whoa. No, no. Da- Damian Wayne is Batman's son who becomes Robin. The fourth Robin. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. Over. Uh, that's just too highbrow for me. I don't yeah. think that's the word, but... <laughs> <laughs> fucking Nepo babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Damon Wayne. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Damon, Damon Wayne's Jr. You don't know. Maybe I was talking about Damon Wayne Sr. I mean, yeah. that man earned every cent. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, also, I like all the Wayne's. <laughs> Unless Wayne they does. did anything bad that I don't know about, but you know, their movies are good. Yeah, as far as far as we know, we we like all the Wayne's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all fourteen thousand of them. Yep. Um. Danny, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for yeah. having me, guys. So this was fun. so much fun. Uh, everyone listen to Bullshit Alert. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, and Cooper, what should people do at home? Rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on, follow us on Instagram, HBLB Podcast for both. And, uh, you know, have a good life. Keep on keeping try on. To, try to just, you know, don't succumb to nihilism. Pour one out for Posty. Pour, pour, <laughs> don't, pour, <laughs> don't pour one out for Posty. But do have a moment of silence for Maybe COVID. have yeah. one ready. Yeah. To pour out. Just have a 40 in the fridge at all times. Yeah. 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 With like posty sharpie on it. Cause like <laughs> you might want it, but we're not gonna we're not gonna put that evil on him. <laughs> For some reason, I'm not I'm not imagining the word post and imagining all his face tattoos like on the bottle. <laughs> you draw it on a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty that'd be pretty that's great. That's a really good bottle. Yeah, you should bottle. do that. I'd buy that bottle. Yeah. Uh, on that note. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Bye forever. forever.